At Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you that the world as we know it would not exist without the number zero. Which is why, at Mountain Dew, we'd like to recognize the number zero for making Mountain Dew Zero Sugar possible. Even with no sugar, it packs all of the bold citrus kick Dew Nation knows and loves. It's so good, you have no reason not to try it. As in zero. Get it? Crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. It's zero sugar. All do. This is WWE Hall of Famer, The Think, Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Nerd Coalition. Welcome to No Gimmicks Needed. Yes! 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 If you can survive, if I let you. You have to be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! The kids do big that sucker. Do I have everybody's attention now? Oh yeah, I hear you, CM Punk. Welcome back to the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. A&E. And joining me on the podcast is my main man, my co-host, the man, the myth, the reality. Wait. That's not, I'm lying. Cancel that out. Because he's not here because he doesn't watch wrestling with fans anymore. So it kind of breaks my heart. But you know what? who else is here though? Not Deion Sanders, but Primetime. What's up y'all? It's me, P-R-I-M-E. Yeah, come back at y'all. So, uh, not, not actually, this past week of wrestling, not too much to discuss. There's a couple of highlights of things that happened. Obviously, uh, by the time y'all hearing this, you know, well, by the time we're recording this, backlash hasn't happened yet. So, you know, we're going to give you guys our backlash predictions. Um, and I, now, uh, I uh, I do believe I have QFlow joining for the backlash predictions. But other than that, I mean, like, you know, we, we, we got a kind of a simple show today. So before we get into that, we got to make sure, you know, we give honor and pay the bills, man. Uh, give on spaciesphilly.com spaces philly you know uh the podcast production company that we're a part of visit spaciesphilly.com and check out the podcast they have on there the lulu and pop lulu and pop horror war show both sides and the market dark show check us out on there also the nerd coach is on there with the no gimmick scene of wrestling podcast if you want your pop culture news especially with the ps5 event that uh, happened this past weekend check out the nerd gas from talk podcast you want to know what's going on in the world of hip-hop and stuff like that and your cultural news? Check out Turntables, Hip-Hop Culture and Beyond. And if you guys want the real dirty, nitty-gritty stuff from old stories that are funny to what's happening in the world out here with Black Lives Matter, you need to check out Drunk Thoughts, Sober Tongues. Oh, don't forget Kyrie and LeBron trying to sit there and, you know, create a players' union was going on for, uh, for the fall, not going back to play basketball. We got to figure out what's, back, uh, what, what, what's going on with that. You guys should check out Ballers Lounge Podcast. All these things that we got for content, all spectrums of everything. And you guys listen to us on all your popular podcast apps, such as Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, and also you guys can listen to Spotify iHeartRadio so much if you guys listen to us on YouTube listen to our little segments that we do make sure you guys get YouTube Premium there's always a free trial YouTube Premium one day I am going to try it out QFlow once again assisted if you have Google Play you have YouTube Premium I I haven't tried YouTube Premium or YouTube TV yet but I was thinking about trying it out okay okay I mean for free trial make sure you also 
Check out my man Prime Times Prime Nostalgia Podcast. I heard through the grapevine that a certain MJ episode is coming up. Yeah, um, the twenty fourth, June twenty fourth. So, obviously, it's the day before he dies. So, yeah. Yes. So I'm curious to ask, you know, uh, who's a part of it and uh, what they're talking about. Uh, we're doing fan comments and. Uh, favorite videos, songs, and all that kind of stuff. Is anybody on there yet? Uh, I got a couple of people, but I'm honestly, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm about to say, if you want a Michael Jackson fan on there, just so you know, this guy's available. I can tell you about all about the story about my reaction to when he died. I don't know if you heard that story or not. I have many a times. I know. Actually, um. <laughs> We we actually did it. You, you actually told that story on the, uh, the episode you was on when we did a Michael Jackson bracket. Yes. So. Yeah. So I was say you know like I said it, that that's the story that keeps on giving, never gets old. <laughs> so just you you told that story. You told the Vader Saturday Night story, and you told the um the um was using the rain listen to I wish it would rain story oh, yeah I remember that I do remember that so man they, they, they had to ring me out like the like the actual human I get about 100 pounds of water that day oh man that's hurt for your ass I, and I had a CD player I, how so, I it was by the grace of God I didn't get electrocuted okay so before we start yeah I just gotta read this news that just happened Okay. So, sure. Read off. A couple, a couple years ago, somebody got shot outside of the PC center, the performance center. Yeah. Oh tonight, God, not this guy. Okay. <laughs> tonight they came, and they had to be. He had to be removed by security again. He even went live, and Dana Brooke and Lacey Evans came up to him. Whatever. He said he was trained by Team 3D, and he wanted to be security or something, and then like. He just wanted to get inside. He was he was trying to send a message to Triple H for some reason. Is what he said. Oh, <laughs> this guy! I've I, I heard about this story, and I heard at first I was just like, "Man, what's going on?" And then when I heard more about the about this man crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, even Dana Brooke and Lacey Evans was like, "Come on now, what are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, guy, I'm like, no, but seriously, they might want to, you know try their best to keep this man out of there because you never know what kind of attentions in, in today's world these people have you know what I'm saying you just don't you, you, you don't guy's crazy yeah, the guy's crazy but we got things to talk about here man look we, 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 like I said it wasn't too much stuff like I said so right now we're going to give our backlash predictions so Qflow does join us uh, for the backlash predictions and then we're going to, you know, give those. And then after that, we got to talk about what's going on with hot wrestling right now. So, uh, first off, for our backlash predictions. All right, guys. So, tonight, oh, by the time you're hearing this, tonight is WWE Backlash. Backlash makes a return. Superstars from Raw and SmackDown are on this pay-per-view. This is the June pay-per-view. Usually, June is money in the bank but they turned that to, to may so i guess now july is extreme rules and then we go into SummerSlam. so 
Uh, Backlash here is a seven. Wait, ma- so what did we? What huh? did we skip? What so, did we skip? So well, right now we had Money in the Bay, we had Extreme Rules. Usually, I mean, they they took out Battleground a couple years ago, so we don't do. Ah, battle- that's what, okay. Yeah, we don't do Battleground no more. And they did that one time that Great Balls of Fire that did not work. I was like, oh, yeah. that yeah, that that's roadblock into the line. Oh yeah, roadblock into the line. I remember doing that. Uh, so we got a seven match card. Obviously, uh, we're going to talk on the podcast about uh, Vince and, you know, changing Paul Heyman and Bruce Pritchard because apparently, according to some uh, talks, Vince has already changed number of finishes for the Backlash card. Jesus. And it looks like now, uh, now it doesn't say this here, but it looks like of what I read from uh, the website that Apollo Crews and Andrade is moving to the pre-show. That sucks. That does suck because uh, Paul Heyman is a big fan of Apollo Crews. So we, we as of, as of right now, I'm not going to talk about it like it's a pre-show match, but I will say that as of right now, uh, we got about a seven-match card. So let's uh, go over this thing and let's see, you know, how we're going to think he's going to win this one because I'm curious to see how this thing is going to turn out. Let's start off with the uh, triple threat tag team uh, championship for the for the women's uh, championships. We got Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the Iconics. So, in Q Flow's Q Flow's words, the Iconics didn't do anything to deserve a title shot, and At all. they got put into this matchup because there is no women's tag because team. They- because they decided to break up Fire and Desire. Exactly. Now I was like, okay, so they, they broke them up. And I'm like, okay, do I like Sonya in this evil heel role? I do. I really do. And do I like Mandy all over Otis? Yeah, I do. But I'm like, but you did sacrifice a whole legit tag team for that, though. Right. You did. So there's, there is really <clears throat> no tag teams. In the women's division, they haven't gone, and it shows how much you shows how much they care about the women's tag team championships because they they went out and they didn't go out and make no more tag teams. So it's like so I don't know how long Bailey and Sasha are going to hold these belts. I don't think it's going to be long because I I do think we get the, the match at SummerSlam between Bailey and Sasha Banks, but I think they hold on to it a little bit longer, maybe until. Maybe until next month. So I still got Bill and Sasha Banks winning this matchup. What about you? Um, yeah, I got Bailey and Sasha winning as well. Um, uh, I mean, them losing the tag titles is going to be them breaking up. Period. So I they mean, can hold on to it for another for another pay per view. Get a different tag team involved. Get the iconics yeah. out of here. Yeah, I, I I feel as though if they take time to build up a legit women's tag team, and you can do it in a month. If you take time to build up a legit women's tag team and then go out after it, and you know, it's like this. Why not give Naomi a partner? Like, seriously, like, why yes, not get, like, do the Ricochet Cedric Alexander thing and turn and make, make a tag team out of it? Had them win for a couple weeks and be like, "Hey, they won themselves a shot. Why not try go for it?" And then you know you can have them win the, the, the titles because Naomi's not doing anything. 
And I mean, you you could probably do something with her, so that way you can do the the the, the Sasha and Bailey thing. But like I said, the, the, their concern is not really the tag team titles. <clears throat> uh, next match we have here we have Apollo Cruz taking on Andrade with Selena Vega, a singles match for the United States Championship. If anybody saw it on Raw, they had a triple threat match, and then Owens hit the stunner on. Uh, was Angel Garza then Andrade pushed Owens off and got the pin so there is a little tension within the group so the question is does Andrade I mean does us God Angel Garza come out and try to help Andrade but indirectly causes Andrade to match up I still think even though Vince is back in charge which he never lost you know him being in charge but you know we can talk about that later is that uh, Apollo still retains the United States Championship? What do you think? Um, I think so too. With Angel Garza's interference, yeah, I don't see them taking it off there. I do see Angel Garza and Andrade now. Whether they become a tag team or not, or I can see them just going at it at SummerSlam. Also, you you build that up and go at it at SummerSlam because I mean, uh, I think they try to build a a mega card. For some sake, because this is supposed to be their second attempt at a WrestleMania weekend, because you know they didn't have one at WrestleMania. So, and, and like, like I said, right now, certain states, as you know, is getting a spike back up in the virus, and certain states are going down. So they could probably find an undisclosed location. I, look, I'm telling you, I'm still with that beach idea. That would be a good theme for some say That'll make me watch. Like put them oh, on, yeah. put them on the actual beach, but we're not there yet. That's still in August. We don't know what August brings because UFC's doing that. Oh yeah, that, that Fight Island it starts this month, don't it? Yep. Yeah. So. Oh, by the way, uh, Florida rookies here, guys. We definitely just got into the conversation with no introduction. You know what? We did, and I do apologize. We ain't pay the that. bills. We ain't here seeing punk or nothing. No, we did. No, no, we actually, we actually right. Yeah, we, no, we did. We did do all that. We should save all this too. Yeah. Let it open up just like. Yes. <laughs> all right. Next matchup, Oscar is taking on Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship. This oh, is the boy. match. I know. This is the. We already gave Nia Jax last week criticism about um, not being in the match and stuff. I mean, being just unsafe in what she did to Kyrie Zane and also people she worked with. In the, in the past couple years that she's been there. In history, Nia Jax and Asuka have had some decent matches in NXT. But right now, I really think... No, I know. Nia Jax needs to go back to the drawing board. So, if I was, you know, Asuka, she just, she hurt my friend. She hurt Even though Asuka's the women's champion, she hurt my tag team partner. She hurt my friend. I'm going to hurt Nia Jax. And since, since Nia Jax screwed me over twice, I got counted out one week against Charlotte. And then I got, which if anybody seen Raw, Asuka kicked out, but they kind of botched that. But uh, she screwed her over against Charlotte again. I'm hurting Nia Jax. And the only way I can think of doing it, if you want to make Nia Jax look like a monster, you can have Nia Jax in the Asuka lock. And Asuka makes you tap out, but Asuka does not break the hole. And she just holding on to the Oscar lot and just keeps holding on <coughs> and holding it on and holding it on. And then to either Nia passes out or she needs medical attention, whatever the case may be. Or it could be a thing where Oscar just snaps and loses by DQ 
and takes a chair and just wails on Nia Jax. But I think Nia needs to be written off TV and she has to go back to the drawing board. In, in, in my personal opinion. So send her back to NXT <coughs> or you can send her back to the Performance Center and have her do roles all over again. Whatever you, whatever it takes, I think that's what she needs to do and she don't need to give them no flack about it. So that's why I think it should happen. So I, I'm going to say... Nia Jax wins by DQ. Oscar retains the championship, but I think Oscar gets herself disqualified because she's going to hurt Nia Jax. Or either Oscar wins and then she punishes Nia Jax afterwards. But either way, Oscar's walking away with the championship, and I think they're going to write Nia Jax off TV. How do you see it? I got uh, I got Nia Jax. Winning by disqualification, the new Namaste. Uh, <laughs> what's what's her cousin? Oh, Amina comes out. Dog, dog, dog. With that new oh, gimmick. Oh God, yeah. I was just like, well, what is this, Tamina? Yeah, right. But uh, nah, uh, I got Oscar winning. Um, I got her winning pretty cleanly, and then she just holds on to the uh, Oscar lock. I can, I, I can, I, yeah. That's the, that's the way I'm looking for. So, 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 so. definitely has to, she has to go down the ladder, man. She do, she, she really do. And it, this ain't nobody fault but hers. Ain't nobody trying to tell us her fault, but it is her fault. So you know, say so she, she really got to go, she really got to go back to square run again. And then people, if she don't want to lose her job down, if they got her win or they, or they don't even write her off TV, I'm like, well, WWE, you are what they call complete tone deaf. You're completely tone deaf. Uh, next match on the card, we got. You know what? I'm not. Even, I'm, I'm gonna say that one. We got Braun Strowman in a handicap match against the Miz and Morrison for the Universal Championship. There's no Man, way. I feel like I feel like I I heard this match somewhere. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? He just lost his belt in a handicap. What are we doing? Uh-huh. So, here's the thing. Do I think they're going to get Miz and Morrison the Universal Championship? No. Has Braun Strowman's run as a Universal Champion been good? Absolutely not. No. It, it's, like, first of all, Braun was just put in this position because, obviously, it's supposed to be Goldberg and Reigns. Didn't happen. So, Braun was put in this spot, and then it's like nobody was nobody was ready for him to be champion. He wasn't booked like a, like a monster champion. So, obviously, you're not going to buy into what he's selling. Now, granted, on SmackDown, he had him be, you know, do monster stuff, tip over a van that Ms. Morrison was in with a terrible camera angle, so you know they really didn't fall over. Mm-hmm. So, there's no reason why Braun loses the championship here. I mean, it'll be entertaining. But they're not going to give it to Miz and Morrison. They're not, they're not going to share a championship, especially, like I said, with Vince back at the helm. So, Braun Strowman wins. Your prediction? Braun Strowman wins. Uh, do we get a cash-in? No. No. It's a, handi- oh, it's, no. A handi- it's a handicap match. You'd be a fool not to cash-in while he's getting, if he's getting jumped. I mean, you're right. Logically, you would be a fool not to cash-in. But logically, are you ready as a fan? Are you ready for Otis to be uh, first? His tag team partner comes back. Two gets literally the hottest girl on the SmackDown roster, and three wins money in the bank, and four becomes champion all within a two month span. Yeah, 
You're right. But see, <laughs> WWE not going to book like me. I will, I will wait. I have Roman come back. Have Otis win the title off Roman. I people mean, still hate Roman for some reason. I don't get it, but people you do, still hate Roman. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't get it either. But the thing is, Otis hasn't done nothing to me. Yeah, like if, if Otis was going to be a champion contender, it would have to be like he needs to leave Tucker, which he don't need to do yet. And he, because like him and Mandy Rose to be like a heel couple, I think that could be kind of cool. And then once again, a lot of change had to go into Otis. Like he, you can. We've had, I've been watching wrestling for a long time, so you can have guys that look like Otis to be a very intimidating looking heel. But he has to really drop the whole stick that he does the music, <clears throat> the caterpillar, them, them shirts that don't fit. <coughs> Otis has to drop all that, and him and Mandy have to become a heel and a heel faction because, once again. Have Otis like a Bam Bam Bigelow? Yeah, Bam Bam Bigelow. Vader ain't no ain't kind of big guys like that who just come in and just uh, wreck house and then he can have <coughs> the pretty girl on his shoulder. But then when you turn Mandy heel, she can't finish her rivalry with Sonya Deville because Vince don't like heel-on-heel heel stuff or face-on-face face stuff because Braun Strowman's a face yeah, right now. they're not going to do a double turn. <clears throat> so right now, Ose is good with this heavy machinery coming back and them having Mandy Rose because first of all, I'm trying to see how long this is going to play out. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I'm trying to see how long this is going to play out. So, <clears throat> But, yeah, I have uh, Strowman winning. All right, then we have Jeff Hardy taking on Sheamus. Obviously, uh, the uncomfortable segment that we got on SmackDown. Uh, now, the, the whole junkie thing and the whole recycle stuff like that, I'm telling you, look, I'm over the storyline. Sheamus, uh, you know, he's been booked strong. However, Jeff Hardy is just coming back. I, uh, I think Jeff Hardy gets to win here. I think so, too. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I think, really think Jeff Hardy, he may pull out a non-clean win, but I think, Je- I, I think Jeff Hardy gets to win here. And then, because I don't think the feud with him and Sheamus is going to be over just yet. I, I don't think it's over just yet. I really think that this is going to be a match in the series. Like, I, I really think that maybe at um, Extreme Rules, they'll have another matchup, and then they'll have the rubber match at SummerSlam. Depending on how good the rivalry... I mean, the, the, the rivalry is going to look up and down right now, but I'm saying, but depending on how it goes, this is either a one-two match thing, but I don't think it's just a one-off. So I, I, I have Jeff Hardy winning. You do too? Yeah, I got Jeff winning. All right. Now we get to start to the main event matches. Let's get into Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley for the the WWE Championship. <clears throat> now, I'm gonna say this, and I'm I'm serious. I know we're in a, a unrest moment in our country. I got I, I got it. I know all about the protests and the stuff that's been going on, and to bring awareness. It's been 15 straight days of protests. I got it. One thing that WWE does, and I hate it, is pandering. I do not want WWE to pander to us. And when I say us, I mean the black people. 
I love. I love I'm a fan of Bobby. I was a fan of Bobby Lashley when he first came. That he he was known as Black Lesnar at that time, <clears throat> and everybody still wants to see Lashley versus Lesnar. And I and I, I respect that the things they're putting in there. First of all, I like them changing Lashley's finishing move. I like that he does the full Nelson because for 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 the hardcore wrestler fans, Bobby Lashley's the only one that broke the Master Lock Challenge back in 2005. <clears throat> when uh, Chris Masters did it, he was the only one to break it. So him using the full nuts, I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. And still using the spear, the substitute for the Dominator. I'm cool with all that. It's just not Bobby's time right now. I think, like I said, Bobby needs to have a dominant run. Like He needs to have to the point where it's like going in there, kind of like Kofi. It has to be natural. It has to be when all of our champions from Mark Henry to Kofi to The Rock to Booker, well, minus Booker T because they screwed him over. It's been a natural progression to the point where it's like it's his time. You know, it was his time when Mark Henry went in there at Night of Champions and faced Randy Orton. He had that whole Hall of Pain run. Remember, the Hall of Pain run started in June. He didn't win a championship till September. He had a whole summer to 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 run the gauntlet and you know run fades out here. When Kofi took uh, Mustafa Ali's spot in the gauntlet match and he lasted as long as he did, and the fans got behind him once again. That was in that was uh in February, and then it just grew over a month into the beginning of April, Kofi Mania came out of nowhere. <clears throat> the thing with Bobby Lashley is, I like him with MVP. I like Bobby Lashley uh, doing the full announcement. I like him being dominant. But who's he been dominant against? R-Truth? You know, he been beating people like R-Truth or people that don't they don't matter. It's to the point like, you, don't, you haven't beat quality opponents yet. You just, you know... Uh, no soul Drew McIntyre's Claymore kick on Raw, and then you say, and then you, you have some encounters. You beat Street Profits, like you, you did stuff like that, but you ain't beat nobody. And I mean, you, you made Eric Tabat from the full Nelson try to make it look strong. <coughs> but uh, Drew McIntyre, the, the, the way his thing was, and the way he dominated Brock in the Rumble, he's been great as champion so far. And I'm just mad that he don't have no fans to enjoy it, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and I know if Jinder Mahal wasn't injured, this would have been his spot. You think so? Well, that's what it was building up to that uh, when Jinder Mahal came back, they were going to try to build him back up so they can do the the Jinder Mahal Drew McIntyre match because they was all you know three MB oh, together. Oh, the three MB <clears throat> thing. Yeah, that's what they was going to try to do, but Jinder uh, Jinder got re injured. That sucks. It do. Just, I was wondering where he was. <laughs> he came back for a I week. Mean, yeah, damn. He came back for a week and they got re-injured. So it, it, it really sucks that. So I got Drew McIntyre still retain the championship. Do I want Bobby to be another body? No. Do I, do I want it to continue? Probably so. And I do want Bobby to win the championship, but he's just not ready right now. And it, it, it won't feel right because, look, man, I'm black. I represent my people. I want my people to win every single day that I'm here. But it ain't going to feel right because it's going to feel like WWE's pandering to me because of what's going on. Like, 
If there right. was no protest, if they ain't killed, you know, George Floyd or Breonna Taylor or, or any of these black people this year, and what's going on, would he still be champion? Most likely, no. That's my issue. So I got Drew McIntyre winning. I'm curious to see where you stand on this, you know, of how you feel. Because the, the rumors right. are going around that they, they probably will put the, try, to, try to put the title on Lashley. <clears throat> I, I hear you, and I agree with everything you say. That being said, I still want Lashley to win, man. You do? I want, like, I do. I still want him to win. Um, I don't know, man. How how long is going? It 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 does suck that it, it you know it might be a a, a handicap win or whatever. But how long y'all not going to give my man the belt? Like he came back and y'all snubbed him a bunch of times, like. You know I, what? I, I I will agree with you on that front. That when Bobby came back, cause Bob, see when Bobby left, he was green as goose shit. But now when Bobby came back and did his run and impact, he was a, a significantly better wrestler than he yeah. was when he left. And I and, and then when he came back, they did have Bobby doing stupid shit. I am doing bullshit. Like the, the, I mean the the, the link up with uh, what's what's the young boy? Uh, with Leo Rush, yeah, it, 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 that was that was bad, but it wasn't his fault. Uh huh. Um, the whole Ashley, like that, uh, that just got annoying. But like, um, I didn't mind Leo Rush, but I it's just like I, after a while, I was just like, okay, this is clearly not working the way it's going nowhere. It's going nowhere. MVP is a better fit. Yeah, because MVP the, the, the character alone about, you know, highest paid athlete and him coming back and doing the MVP lounge and try to create the stable kind to beat that clan. That's what they brought him in the Impact Wrestling for. Back years ago, when he came to Impact, you know, they gave him all this stuff because they, they wanted MVP to kind of like boost the ratings, believe it or not. And he did the beat that clan and he was managing all the, all the top people like that. And I'm like, I look like they're trying to do that again. And I don't mind him working with Lash. I don't even mind MVP doing a New Nation type of group. But you got to let that joint marinate a little bit. Now, because the thing is, if Bobby wins the championship, that now, now the question you're asking yourself is: Does Drew McIntyre, after all the work he does, does he just fall out the picture, or do they try to build a storyline of him trying to chase that championship back, and then Bobby loses that at, at Extreme Rules, or even that? Because even if he has the championship. If he wins a backlash, he if it ain't extreme rules, he losing that SummerSlam, right? You know, opposed to Drew McIntyre holding on to it, and then you give Bobby two more months to build you up, and he went at SummerSlam. You know what? I changed my thing. I got I got Lashley losing. Lana's gonna fuck this up for him. Lana is gonna mess this up because Lana's gonna find a way to Lana's come back. And then, and this is going to be their way of getting Lana out of this picture too. Okay, yeah, so if you get if you get Lana out, you keep MVP in. Then all of a sudden, it's like it's, it's like the, the 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 reestablishment of Bobby Lashley, and then he can come back and win it at SummerSlam. Now, if now if if he if he's dominant, and he comes back at SummerSlam and wins the belt at SummerSlam, then I have no problem. Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah, so. 
I got Bible to ask you one. So uh, now it's you time. Drew McIntyre. Yeah, you got to uh, take Drew McIntyre. I got Drew McIntyre winning. So yeah. Yeah, now. Yeah, it's good. Okay, right there. All right, so it's time to move on to the final match. But before we get into the match, we had because this very well could be the greatest predictions ever on the greatest wrestling podcast ever. And we had to get the greatest host ever. Not Deion Sanders, but Prime Time. This is the greatest show. Okay, I'm not even going to start. <laughs> Prime. That TV, that, that theme song is just. Yeah, uh, it, exactly. It, feel like, it feels so great as showman. <laughs> so, we're at the main event that we talked about. Uh, but you know what? Before we get into it, also, we, we just finished talking about McIntyre and Lashley. I, I'm curious about who you picked because we just had a whole conversation about pandering and stuff like that. But who do you have to win that match? Uh, I got Lashley. Really? Whoa. Whoa. Talk about throwing a stone in the lake. I mean, I don't. Maybe it's just me. You know, WWE like the. It's not like just this. you, because it's me too. I picked Lashley. He picked Lashley first. I picked McIntyre because I didn't want WWE. Oh wait, pick. wait, wait! No, 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 no! I changed my mind. I changed my mind because I said Lana's going to ruin it for him. Yeah. And this is going to be the way to get her out. I forgot. Now I think this will be a way for Lashley to do a dumper. Since he's the champion, I'm Big Boy Bob. It's just that you, because you know how Vince talk about some. He could win it and do that. You were right too. I, I mean, yeah. I just, I, I got I just, it with MVP, not with you. Like, like I, I, I really just don't want that pandering. I'm scared of that pandering. And I'm like, it's, well, it's WWE. I mean. it, it is. I know. Don't mean I want it. And I mean, Drew McIntyre's been doing a good championship. I can see him losing at SummerSlam. If you know, after, well, like, if Lana screw him over, and then they build Lashley back up for the next two months. I've heard, well, I've seen they might be doing something else with SummerSlam, so I'm not sure how that would go. You talk with, with, with Bobby or Drew? With Bobby. I mean, do you mind spilling the good? Spoiler alert. I, swear I'll do. Not a, I don't know if it's a spoiler. I'm just saying they might do Bobby and Brock at SummerSlam. If they do Bobby and Brock, then I'm cool. Uh-huh. If they do, if, if they do Bobby and Brock, then I'm cool. That match needs to have time. Exactly. So you know, if they do Bobby, well, and, if they if they do Bobby and Brock for the championship, I'm cool. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But then, if they don't, because once again, I don't know what what Brock's schedule going to be like. Like, hey, you know, I don't feel like working today because of COVID. I don't feel like working today because just because you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Hey. I just don't know, but if, it, if they do Bobby and Brock, then I'll be gay for that. It's just the only thing I, I've just been hearing. That's all. Okay. Another set of stone. You're right. Well, we can't depend on that match. We got to talk about the greatest wrestling match ever. <laughs> Randy Orton versus Edge. First of all, that sentence alone, <clears throat> greatest wrestling match ever, Randy Orton versus Edge, said no one ever. I'm a fan of both guys. Orton is in my top five all-time favorite wrestlers. However, when I've seen Randy Orton and Edge matches at their youngest and at their oldest, they're they just they're two good wrestlers that don't mix together. 
It's kind of like we were talking about uh, when Kufo was at my house earlier. It's like, imagine <clears throat> if you got an ice cream sundae, right? But then on the other side, it's like, you know, you, you got a a, a cheesesteak. Two good things, but they don't, If but you, you, you try to mix it together to make like a ice cream cheesesteak sandwich. It don't mix together. It don't mix well. Two good components. That, exactly. Two good components that go together is not going to... Will that match be good? I, I believe so. First of all, this is the only match they taped, okay? They wanted to try to make this the best wrestling match they could. Because this was this is the only match on the backlash lineup that's taped. Everything else is going to be live tomorrow. Okay. So, <clears throat> I know that they wanted to try to make it a good match, but once again, I just... Like, it, it, when Orton is motivated... He has good matches. Edge, once again, he ain't been doing this for nine years, so I'm just... That's a lot of pressure that they, that they, that they put on him because Edge is not Shawn Michaels. Orton is not Kurt Angle or Ric Flair or Bret Hart or Undertaker where they just naturally produce great matches. <laughs> <clears throat> but I have Randy Orton winning this matchup. Okay. With a, with an RKO out of nowhere, and I, I think they're going to practice making it look good. But I think okay. Randy, I think Randy Orton wins this matchup. How about you, Prime? I mean, honestly, I know you said it's taped, so I know that's not gonna happen. But <clears throat> honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they say this is the greatest match. Then it's like a ding, 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 dispatch to RKO and then pin. That would be kind of funny. I mean, I, I actually, would, I actually would like it better if it, we went like that rather than trying to actually have the greatest match. <clears throat> Okay, so instead of trying to live to the expectation, kind of like swerve everybody, basically. Yeah, do like a 30 second match or something, yeah. Okay, so you got Orton winner, right? Yep. What about you, Q-Flo? I got Orton winning as well. Yeah, because I don't think this is done. I I think they do one more, either at Extreme Rules or SummerSlam. Orton and Edge do at least like a series of matches to help get Edge's confidence back. So I think he does. They do one more matchup, and I'm guessing SummerSlam because you know big matches like this. It'll probably be SummerSlam. It'll probably be a thing where he writes Edge off or Edge has a confidence problem. He misses Extreme Rules, and then he comes back for SummerSlam, and then they do probably one more special match. Edge, I hope Edge knows he don't do ladder matches no more. So drop that shit. And I don't want to see no TLC match between Edge and Randy Orton. So uh Hell no. I not, not at all. So yeah, I got I got Randy Orton winning this matchup. Is it is like I said, it is it gonna be like the one of the top three matches of all time? Not no chance in hell. Okay, because uh I've seen shit Kenny Omega and Okada can do. So I'm just like, yeah, no. Orton and Edge don't perform that love. First of all, Orton don't like all that leg slapping. Yes. <laughs> or don't like all that leg slapping. And then, you know, Edge, like I said, once again, had this, had this recorded and put pressure on it. Edge got to get back into his, like, his groove. But Edge, once again, was never that high flying, very agile style of wrestler. I mean, when he teamed with Mysterio, he was, he was pretty cool. But I mean, <laughs> breaking people in the faces. Like, in your opinion, What's Edge's best match, in your opinion? I gotta think about it. Solo? Yeah. I gotta think uh, about it. 
it's like I, I can think of five edge matches in my head that I think was Edge's best match and they still don't equal on the scale of greatest match ever. You know what I'm saying? It's like to, to the point one of Edge's greatest matches to me was Edge versus Eddie Guerrero from SmackDown that no disqualification match. Oh, okay, okay. That match yeah. was great. But once again, if I put that up against Kurt versus Sean at WrestleMania 21, it's like, it's good, but it ain't, ain't, ain't coming there just yet. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what those, you know, that Edge match thing has. But in my opinion, like, that him and Eddie Guerrero match with SmackDown in 2002 was just, like, one of Edge's best matches of all time. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, that, that match and I, I would say... Um, him and Cena TLC, okay. an Unforgiven 2006. I think Dump Two would be like Edge's solo best matches he's had to date. The one would like to say the ladder match with Jeff Hardy was good, but it's a ladder match. Edge is going to excel at ladder matches and stuff like that. And once again, even though Eddie Guerrero was no, no, no you just need a TLC match. Come on, man, give me something. I, but look, I need a TLC match too. Even the one he had Ric Flair was even the one he had Ric Flair was pretty good. Yeah. Remember that one, Ric Flair? Like that was shockingly good. I was like, didn't even expect I, that one. I remember he had, um, mm. he told a story. He did something to Flair. He went like he was going to jump off the ladder, and he went far enough. So mm. Flair did got up, did the fair flop, and then fell at the spot. It, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just man. scared me when 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 Flair back dropped him off that ladder. He fell outside the ring backwards through the table. That scared the shit out of me, to be honest with you. I just hit the, the balcony. But that's either here or there. So that, that that's why. But once again, they they could surprise me. They they could shock me. And I could be like, damn, that was probably a damn good match. Greatest match of all time? Uh, no, stop. I don't think. I, don't, I honestly don't even think it's going to be a good match, honestly. Damn. No It'll be fit. solid, but not like, not like for you to talk about other than just that night. I understand. Alright guys, well that is our Backlash predictions. Hopefully we'll be back later on tonight with our Backlash review. If not, like I said, I'll uh, come to you with it on Monday because I know there's a lot of uh, recording that has to be done tomorrow or Sunday so or today when you guys listen to this. So uh, make sure you guys post to see who, who you think is going to win the matchup as uh, we get ready to watch Backlash and move on with the show. Alright, so hope you guys enjoy those predictions here. So, um, once again, I, I stopped it like that because we recorded the predictions well before um, we did the show. And the show is still before um, Backlash. But we did the predictions way early. So uh, that's why you heard Q-Flow in there. So Q-Flow is not joining us for the podcast, uh, for the rest of the podcast right now. But we got to get into what's been really the, the main story in this week's in wrestling this week. And that is the removal of Paul Heyman as uh, the raw director that he was. Uh, you know. Huh? I'm so glad this week that you're not starting up with your boy Hulk Hogan. No, I didn't know Hulk Hogan did anything. He did. Oh, okay. Which is good. Which is good. He okay. does every week. Yeah, I say, yeah, so as long as Hogan's not the news brother, you know what I'm saying, which he'll, he'll find a way back in. <laughs> he will find a way back in. Um... There was there was an announcement. Paul Heyman, as you know, who's uh Vince McMahon gave last year, him and he gave he gave uh him and Bischoff 
the you know lead director's orders of all of SmackDown. Bischoff only had the job for four months. He, he hired him just so he could fire him again. Yep. So and then they had brought in Bruce Pritchard, and Bruce Pritchard had the came. Yes man? Yeah, the, 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 the yes man, and Bruce Pritchard only came in because so I, I have a question. Sure. The, have you listened to Bruce Pritchard's podcast? I listen to some same. I don't listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast that okay. often. So, the synopsis of his podcast is everything that went wrong when he was in charge. Mm. And then they put him in charge again. Yeah. I now, mean, hey, you going to have more content for his podcast, I guess. So. Yeah, I, I mean, guess so, but I mean... The, the the Bruce Pritchard podcast really got popular because remember they they brought that back for the W Network. Yeah, because yeah. it was. <laughs> I mean, how, yeah, you talk about all these stories of how trash this week and how bad this one is. Of course. Yeah, so that right there, I thought I was like, okay, so that that also got a popular and got it back in the SmackDown taking it from Michael Hayes' spot, but then so Heyman had Raw, and uh-huh. so what Heyman was trying to do is that he was um trying to do that, that what Heyman usually does and that's bring up the younger guys and you've seen more of Angel Garza you've seen more of Andrade you've seen more of Apollo Crews Ricochet Cedric Alexander the guys that Vince don't want to push because he feels that there's no value in these guys now once again what people should already know is that no matter what job description Paul Heyman got what job description Eric Bischoff got what job description Bruce Prichard has there's only one guy in charge. Mm-hmm. And that's Vince. Now granted, now granted, when he gave the job to Paul and Eric, there was a little bit of me that felt as though that this may be more legit. You know why? Because of the XFL. <laughs> no, seriously, because Vince See, was going, that way. Yeah. Vince was going to uh, focus his time mostly on the XFL and I'm going to be real the XFL when it first started was doing better than it was when it first started in 2001 yep. it was actually like a legit football thing to the point where see my dad's old school southern Alabama black okay and <clears throat> my man grew up in the heart of Jim Crow there was only two sports football and baseball oh okay so my my dad I was going to say something like Buggy balls, no, whoa, 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 First of all, it's only 60 yards, so that kind of sucks. Uh, But when I came in to go to work and I watched him watch XFL, I said, this is looking like that they could be on to something. And then COVID happened and killed the XFL. And then when that happened, what does Vince do? He goes back to wrestling. Now, once again, Raw had last year was abysmal for WWE, and that's when they had the crowd. Raw was terrible, and 
Prime, you can attest to that. Raw was terrible. Uh-huh. Ni- uh-huh. Two- 2019 was like 1995 in WWE. They were terrible. And so, now, when you, you try to bring Paul Hammer stuff in, Raw hasn't really gotten that much better. Cert- they do have some type of certain shows that's fine, but once again, you can see where Paul Hammer tries to put his fingerprints on it, but then you can see where Vince McMahon is tired of the stuff that he sees and he wants to go back to the Vince McMahon way. And I don't understand because Vince is a, is a smart businessman. I can't take that away from him. But he's about to be 70 fucking five years old in August. Vince don't need to be part of the creative process anymore. Or any process except for the checks. I mean, uh, he, he, the business part of it, he got to keep that running. You know what I'm saying? He's going to do that part. But when it comes to the creative process of the shows, Vince does not need to be a part of that because, once again, he is out of touch with just reality. So, like, is there no way they can just, like, trust somebody and just see how it works? And if it works, then, yeah. If it don't, then you're gone. But, but they just can't again, do that. They, they, they've been doing that. With, with and, who? But... With Heyman and Pritchard, but the problem with that is, I said new people. <laughs> you mean the new people backstage? Like different people, people that haven't had that position. Paul Heyman been there; he's done it. I'm talking about people that just haven't put ideas. No, no, because so you can't. You, you, what you need in those positions is wrestling minds. He, because Paul Heyman, even Eric Bischoff said he has a very creative mind. Paul Heyman has been in that wrestling business. Once again, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff both ran companies before that were both Mm -hmm. at at certain peaks and times were successful. Mm -hmm. But once again, if WCW never happened and never put McMahon on the run, and if ECW never put McMahon on the run, there is no attitude error. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just saying, give people a shot. Like for example, Matt Hardy, he's very creative. He has a different mind. I would say somebody like that put them in the front and then put payment behind them and then see what happens for a month or two months or something. But I think that, see, once again, here's here's the ultimate problem. The problem that somebody won't fail to realize is Vince is the problem. <laughs> well, we all know that. Yes. What do you mean? But, 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 but what I'm saying is there's a certain kind of way he wants his show. Fine, it's his show. You can't you can't take that away from him. But there's a certain kind of way he wants to show. There's a certain kind of way he sees his people. But once again, this is he got so out of touch because there's no consistent competition with Vince McMahon. Wallace SmackDown are not battling AEW right now. For people out there who's thinking that AEW is battling, they're not battling each other. AEW is battling NXT. Triple H is taking care of that. That's the only thing that Vince has no control over, and it's NXT. But right now, he's having problems with it NXT. It like he did in the last pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but see, once again, when, when people keep talking about some ratings don't matter, they do matter. Vince got a problem with these ratings. He's, he's trying to figure out why is the ratings like this. But I'm like, you, you got to understand something. If you have been doing something away for so many years... And then you try to, and then you bring somebody in there and say, "Hey, 
fix this. Look, hell, you could do it, it's like if you've been fucking with this country for all these years, you bring Obama in there and be like, hey, fix this. You're only giving him four years to fix the shit that's been fucked up for thirty plus years. Vince gave Heyman a year, and in that year, I'm like, you gotta be able to build new stars because your top stars from Roman and Becky and everybody is not there. And Vince's idea of that is I need to bring back big stars because they can boost these ratings. I'm like, if you just create new stars on your brand, this could be it. You got to have, you got to, you got to trust these guys to go out there and bust their ass for you and do, and do what you need to do. But he doesn't, it's like he does not have that trust in these performers. He does not have this trust that Paul Hammond's going to do it. And here's here's the unfortunate news, but the true news. Bruce Pritchard going to get fired again, too. I mean, he's literally a yes man. But he was a yes man, and Bruce Pritchard has been fired twice. Uh-huh. He was fired back in 91. He was fired back in 2008. Bruce Pritchard has been fired already and brought back. He is the one that probably knows McMahon the most and knows what Vince McMahon likes. But once again, after a while, when Bruce, because once again, the Vince McMahon mentality does not work for the crowd no more. Vince McMahon is still living in the Hogan era. Vince McMahon has a style, has a style of wrestling. Look how every babyface is booked with Vince's booking them, right? Stupid. They're dumb, and then even in their matches. Every baby face, they get. Oh, what's this over here in this corner? <laughs> they get beat down. Oh, no, oh, first, the match is probably even. They get a couple offense. Then the heel cheats and gets the upper hand. They beat them down for the majority of the match. Then the baby face get, brings back the comeback, closes, and goes home. And we get the victory. That's every WWE Championship matchup in Vince McMahon's booking. That's the way it is. That there's a reason why something's called the Dusty Finish because Dusty Rose did it so many damn times. This is Vince. <laughs> nah, Mc- I hate Dusty Finish. Uh, but- so did I. This is Vince McMahon's style of booking here. So, uh, w- with all that being said, it's like people. I don't know why people are surprised that you know Paul Heyman's out, and now there is talks that superstars are upset that Paul Heyman is out, which I can understand because they're like the push that we were getting is probably not going to happen now because Paul Heyman saw something in us that Vince is not going to see. Well, if uh, whoever this is, Bruce Pritchard, comes in and says, hey, Viking Raiders and Street Profits, y'all are not doing those segments anymore, I'll be happy. But once again, Vince is probably doing those segments because Vince, see, Vince thinks that shit is funny. Bruce Pritchard is trying to please an audience of one. That audience is Vince, not us. And that's his and that's his job. He has to go and and, and write for an audience of one. And the audience of one is McMahon. And whatever McMahon likes, he puts it out there. And then when the ratings don't come back, he feels as though that they're not connecting with us. That's not the thing. We look. You can be old school all you want to. But you have to change with the times. You have to be modern. You ha- We're in 2020. Look what's going out in the world right now. Positive and negative. You have these guys stuck in a time warp that they just can't get out of. They, they can't express themselves. They, we, when it comes to the wrestling world, 
indie wrestling has taken over. You can still do st- you can still do storylines. You can still have unique things. Look how AEW uses their old superstars. Tully Blanchard ain't coming back to have a match with Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson, and Jake Roberts is not about to have a DDT spinebuster off. And then they're not about to do that. You have different characters, and these characters can excel at what they do. For instance. Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy. Uh-huh. I at first, y'all have heard me. I was not a fan of Orange Cassidy character. He grew on me, and he grew on me because it took time. But if you think about it, Orange Cassidy was is on AEW almost every week. Uh-huh. And if he's not on there every week, he's on AEW Dark. Yes or no? Yes. Exactly. Whether it ain't about a match, but there are different segments that Orange Cassidy is on there, and they, and they find a way to sell them. You got guys that they try to put together, and if Vince don't like them, they off TV, and we forget about them. I.e., where's Ricochet and Cedric Alexander? Gone. They started a tag Vince, team. Vince has not liked Ricochet since he came up when he put that little yeah. theme song. And I was just like, okay, where's Ricochet? And all of a sudden, Ricochet and Alexander, Alexander, they had a tag team going. They they, they had uh, coordinated colors. They was going to be a legit team. What happened? There's no no Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Where's Shane Thorne and and, and, and Brendan Vink? They're gone because Vince don't like tag teams. And I'm like, okay, so who? We got to do the Street Profits, Viking Raiders uh, fiasco for six fucking weeks. And not not get to no end game because there's no fucking tag teams. You have MVP and Bobby Lashley doing makeshift team shit, and I'm like, that's not a tag team. Where are your tag teams? You have no tag teams. They don't have none at all. So if if you got tag team titles, but you got no team, who else from, but, but but the Viking Raiders can challenge for the for for the titles on Raw? There is nobody. It's just like the women's tag team. There, there, there's three teams between three shows. Or excuse me, or your two shows. And if Bruce Pritchard was having an idea, like, okay, I think we can do this. I can think we can do this. And it's just like, look, you have to trust some people to get it together, such as the New Day. It's like, look, what you want us to do is not going to work. Let us do us. And I will show you... It will make the money, and what happened? Yeah, it, it made, made a money. money. Look, money, money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. The new day, when Vince let them be Vince, they were being. They was like, okay, we got these three black guys, right? It ain't all just about unicorn stuff like that. They were entertaining, and then when issues happened in the world or real things, they played upon that. Their t-shirts were a representation of what people like today. Remember the, the the TLC New Day shirt, which I still can't find that crazy, sexy, cool New Day shirt. I want it. Uh, the Run DMC New Day shirt. They would do the rap battles with the Usos. Like they were being modern of what the fans gravitate towards today. When they were doing certain jokes and stuff like that, like you think Vince wrote the line for uh, Jay Uso or Jimmy Uso talking about some get all red all like your boy Xavier Woods. I think they wrote them themselves, and they. I think the new day had to clear theirs with, with Vince, and then the Usos didn't have to clear theirs because something happened where they didn't have to clear it. So they whatever happened, that was like real reaction. Gotcha. Okay, so 
you know, whatever the case, whatever that case may be. So now, Bruce Pritchard is going to be taking over for for both shows. They're going to be one unified creative team for both shows, which I think is not going to be. It's not going to work because then on top of that, you know what's going to happen with that? More Wrong. people peeing in cups. Yeah, but Raw and SmackDown are going to look the same. Like it does now. They're, they're going to look. There's exa- just going to be a different color scheme, and just different superstars. It's going. It is a shorter show. It's going to feel the same. And then we we have some major problem. We 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 had a problem with Jeff Hardy and Sheamus on SmackDown doing the whole recycled word for word promo with Shawn Michaels and Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon back in 2006. Because Vince thinks that's funny. Human excrement on superstars, Vince finds funny. And not all people, uh, once again, were with Paul Heyman. So there are reports also that did you hear that AJ got some beef with Paul Heyman? Yeah, because he thought he could have fought for Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, so um, AJ... Which was, I don't know why, wasn't going to happen. It wasn't. Now, I understand AJ being pissed because those are his friends and that he was the ones who... Are you kidding? Well, what? Honestly, I just feel like they wanted to go. They was like, who wants to go? I feel like they volunteered. It, well, first of all, I know Gallows and Anderson wanted to go, but once again, remember, they was about to go. AJ wanted them to stay. And they got them a new deal, and that they 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 redid the club, the, the OC. They mm-hmm. did that. So, with that being said, they then they, they just let him go. So I I see why AJ will be, will be pissed, and then he he felt as though that Paul Heyman should have fought for them better. But what is Paul Heyman going to do? Paul Heyman's not going to get up in Vince's face and curse him out like Paul. Trust me, Paul Heyman has no problem cursing out Vince McMahon. But once again. It's not going to change shit. It's not going to change shit. And there was other, you know, uh, you know, there was other things also about, you know, the people wasn't getting along with AJ backstage stuff like that. But I, I don't know if that really played a big part of him going to SmackDown. There's people, no matter what roster you go to, they can't get along with somebody. You know what I'm saying? So you know that's uh. Well, case it be, so there was talks about AJ going back to SmackDown, and then of course when the Intercontinental Championship tournament happened, and he was the only Raw guy in there. Then they had the whole storyline of, well, AJ is going to SmackDown for future picks for Raw. I'm just like, well, that was badly told. Yeah, really. You know, so this whole thing is a mess, and once again, Raw ratings are down, and once again, it hurts. When there's no crowd, and Vince is taking the hit from that, he he knows that it it hurts when there's no crowd. But when this will be the ultimate opportunity to let these guys be them to see what can sell until people come back. Because even though there's no crowd, if you're you, this is what you need the people at home to start watching. For, for real, really, they do. This is when you. This is the absolute time when you need the people at home to start watching your product because they can't come and pay for a ticket to come out to your product. Because even though on the worst of Raw's, because I've been to some of the worst ones of Raw and SmackDown, it'd be anywhere between 2,500 to 3,000 people. Now, when you're in an arena like here in Philly, it's like, hey, 
this arena can hold like 10,000 people, you, you know, or like eight, 9,000 people, you're slacking a little bit. But however, still, those are my, what, what they do on a bad Raw is what TNA used to do on a good pay-per-view. Has TNA ever got over 10,000? I don't think so. No, TNA never got over 3,000. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, so they never got over that number. So that's why I said Raw on a bad night is TNA on a good night during a pay per view and like lockdown. I remember when lockdown came here and they was at the the, the League Course Center. It was like three thousand people. What was, was Bobby Lashley doing here at the Impact Zone? Exactly. It it, it, it was it was like three thousand people there. So that that, that kind of stuff is what's going to happen. So, but if you're not going to make entertaining TV, then once again, I already know Vince now. He's trying to do a cinematic match every pay per view, mm. and I'm like, it has unfortunately it has to be. He's, he's, he's just now starting to watch Matt Hardy matches from 2015. Exactly, it, but it has to be natural. It has to be natural. It can't just be like, okay, well, what's going to be the cinematic match now? It's not. That's not how it. See, that's saying it ain't how it worked like that, Vince. And people. It, People are probably telling Vince all this stuff like that, but once again, people are probably are upset that XFL died again, and it went bankrupt again, and they lost all that money again because it's like, oh my God, the teacher's back or daddy's back home, and he won't leave us to fuck alone. That's what it's like, and then now he's gonna now since he's pissed off and he's stressed because the shit's not working his way, he's gonna be in everybody else's pockets and blame everybody else but him. Yeah. That's yeah. what he gonna He's going to sit there and blame everybody else. It's everybody else's fault. It's not Vince McMahon's fault. And he feels though that Vince McMahon has to come back in here. And it's because well, we don't have Roman. We don't have Becky. We don't have Brock. Bruh. That ain't the problem. I don't think they shouldn't even be wrestling at all right now, but I guess. You said what? They kind of shouldn't even be wrestling. Even though like COVID and stuff, but. People want to be safe, and that's a problem. Yeah, you know what? That's that's you know that, that's true. It's like you know, like I said, same thing with AEW. I know that they're, they're trying different things to keep you know them from having it. But once again, it's a matter of time. The way you got people traveling, the way the world works, the way germs are spread, COVID is going to catch up to somebody. COVID is going to catch up to somebody because because as humans, you're not perfect. You're going to slip. That's the yep. way it is, and then it's like when you do this, and then t- and oh, once again, you can't force somebody because see, I don't care what they say about hey, if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to participate. That's a lie because they're gonna make well, you feel, they're, gonna, they're gonna make they're gonna make in, you feel like shit. In WWE, that's a that's a lie, but in AEW, like I said, Tony Hart, Tony Khan has a heart, so uh, exactly. But then on top of that. You can't create magic. Number one, you are pissed off at the, the NXT recruits because they don't make enough noise. But you're not taking into consideration you got these people out there standing for eight fucking hours. Seriously, they're standing. Where like they got? Can they go. just like volunteer not to show up? I mean, they can, but if they want their job and their money. So it's like this. It's to the point where you're, you're you're teaching somebody how to be a fan. You know what the great thing about being a fan is? When I go to a WWE show or when Prime goes to a WWE show, I ain't got Vince don't 
I can say anything I want. Vince ain't going to fire me because I don't work for Vince. And there's natural reaction. He had, He's the 80s. When Drew McIntyre comes out, we have to cheer because he's the face. When Bobby comes out, we have to boo because he's the heel. Well, what if I like Bobby? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, what do them people feel? I know they feel bad for booing Sasha Banks. Exactly. If I'm a fan of the people, or let's say this, representation, right? Mm-hmm. I remember going to shows. I remember when it was the, the rivalry between Andrade and uh, Gargano in NXT. In NXT Philadelphia, when they had that great match, right? Mm, yep. The, there, there was a group of Mexican guys or Hispanic guys in front of us. They was four. They was loud as hell. They were stomping on the floor for Andrade. And when Andrade won, they all stand up. They put their fist up in the air because that's the representation. He's a heel, but that's my Mexican brother. That's my Hispanic brother. I want to root for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's yeah. natural <clears throat> but cause he's the heel we supposed to boo that's not how shit work we're not supposed to chant this is awesome the shit that's not awesome <laughs> that's just not we not supposed to do that you are the problem we can't you're forced people to do that and on top of that AEW they have a section these people are sitting down in chairs they're relaxing and they they get to go out and be themselves, i.e. Big Swole. Yeah. Big Swole's cursing out everybody. And it's just like, that's just the way a fan would be. A fan, there is no boundaries when you're being a fan. You can't tell somebody to clap. Like I said, if I won't be on my feet for a Raw taping, a main event taping, a 205 Live taping, an NXT taping, and a SmackDown taping, and one, you don't feed me? Or two, you don't give me nothing to drink and I have nowhere to sit? Athlete or not, I don't want to be there. I don't want. I don't want to fucking be there. And it's like tape after tape after tape after tape. After, and then you know Vince got to stop, cut, you know, do all that bullshit. I'm like, no. Why? And I never knew. My, my wife said the same thing. Why are they standing up? Why can't they sit down? Why can't they fucking sit down? I guess you can't see them over the over the glass if they do. I Man, you can see them over the fucking place again. Because first of all, you don't need to see them. You got to hear them. Vince, you gotta see him apparently. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, it, it it it's so fucking cringe, you know, when that kind of stuff happens. And then so it, there will be I don't know what people may think. People may be a Bruce Pritchard fan, that's fine. He may be a yes man. And even with the Paul Heyman thing, first of all, I'm not gonna sit here and be a Paul Heyman apologist neither. Paul Heyman had some ideas on the show and then Paul Heyman had some things that just did not work. Paul Heyman, you know, has some say in that Bobby Lashley Lana wedding thing. Yeah, all the Paul Heyman shit did not work out like it was supposed to. So I'm not gonna be a, on here and put him at the highest of hills and put and be a Paul Heyman apologist. I'm not gonna do that. But I don't think for full control he was given a chance, and nobody's gonna give it a chance until Vince McMahon either retires, which he won't. Uh, which he won't okay. or the XFL comes back which he won't or he dies that's it 
Vince is going to be doing this shit to the day he dies. Mm-hmm. And then he's gonna Vince, make sure he's gonna make sure he dies after Mark Cameron, so he can give him that <laughs> that he can float as a castle to the ring. Exactly. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, do I love Mark Henry? Yes, is Mark Henry one, one of my favorites? Absolutely. Do I want to see Mark Henry wrestle? No, not now. Not now. You got too much. You got too many talented people that you really can just put on a pedestal and just give them screen time. It don't hurt to give somebody thirty three seconds of screen time weekly, and you can build them up. There's no reason why Shorty G should have just came back. And I'm like, where was he at? And then you don't even explain it. There's no reason, you know, Tucker should be missing. And you don't even explain that. You know what I'm saying? So, it's unfortunate Paul Heyman is gone. But he's still going to be what they call an on-screen, you know, perform, uh, in-ring performer. I mean, on-screen because he's not in-ring. He's not, you know, about to go wrestle. He's going to be the advocate for Brock Lesnar because... Vince, no. If Paul Heyman got fired completely from WWF, Brock's gone. Brock said in 2012 when he had to do that that, that promo with John Cena, he went to the back and threw the mic and, and told Laurinaitis, "Call Paul." He, that's what he said, "Call Paul." He can talk, but he can't do like them. He did like more backstage stuff, not like full on. Exactly, Paul but that's what yeah. that's what Paul Heyman is for. That's why he said call Paul because do you think Vince wants to lose Brock Lesnar? And do you think Brock Lesnar gives a fuck about coming back to you know wrestle during COVID? <clears throat> if Brock say fuck that, I'm not getting sick. Guess what? You're not gonna have Brock. Yep, yep. No matter how big the Saudi money check is. Yeah, and, and just coming back for Raw. So, you know, and Raw spent that. So, d- these shows, you know, and like right now, we're at the rise of Bobby Lashley. But once again, Bobby Lashley's a guy that Vince likes anyway. Bob, he tried to push Bobby back in t- 2007, and it didn't work. Because he was green. And people, people may think, well, when did he do that? Uh, look, Bobby Lashley won the ECW championship, right? He was put in Battle of the Billionaires with Donald Trump. Yeah. And won. And won. Bobby Lashley, remember, he was still the ECW champion and had a program with the McMahon family, Vince and Shannon Umaga. What <laughs> championship. And Backlash. With the do-rag. Yeah, the do-rag. the do-rag. And Judgment Day. And, and Extreme Rules. This happened. Bobby Lashley was getting pushed. Vince mm-hmm. is a fan of Bobby Lashley. Well, his his size. No, nah, Vince is a fan of Bobby Lashley. Remember, Bobby was right. in, Bob, Bobby was in the army, and you know how Vince loved them patriotic motherfuckers. He takes a liking to Bobby Lashley, so he was trying to push him when Bobby shouldn't have been pushed just yet. And now we're trying to see you trying to see that rise again. But once again, these other stars that's down here that you're not even putting on TV, and you got the Viking Raiders and and uh, Street Profits running around trying to do bullshit ass stupid games and shit to the point where you are showing us that you have no teams. 
basically. I don't think they have anybody but Vince and Bruce Pritchard and maybe, I don't know, Laurinaitis, Michael Hayes. He's not listening to them anymore. So since, so since Daddy's back home and his football thing didn't work out again, and he's in his and right now it's going to be worse because Vince is in his feelings. Vince McMahon is in his feelings because right now he's stressed. The stocks are dropping. You know the ratings are going down. USA is already pissed that Paul Heyman is going is going to be going, and because that you know, would be a good uh, time to take a break. Be like, hey, Paul, can you just do this for a week or something? But he did it already. Do do this for a week, or or yeah, or, well. or or Paul Levesque. Hey, do this for a week. But Vince is not going to take that break because Vince fulfills as though that he needs to be on that. He wants Vince wants the way he wants his show, and if it don't really run like that, once again, Vince don't care about what, what what me and you think. Did did you like the Jeff Hardy peeing segment with Sheamus? No, I didn't. And guess, but you know who got a belly laugh out of that shit? I'm sure Vince did. Vince McMahon. And, sure. and and once again, until if you want legit change, look, look what we, look what we're going going out in the world. It ain't about white folks out there washing black people's feet. It's not about wearing kente cloth and then you know kneeling in you know in Congress. It's not about that shit. If legit change is going to come, it has to come from the powers that be, the ones that's in control. Correct. Mm-hmm. If there's no change within the powers to be, there's not going to be no change at all. So if everything we're marching for and fighting for out here in this world, if there's no change within the powers to be that that, that hold these laws, there's not going to be no change. Sanding for wrestling. Do anything you want to. If Vince McMahon don't like something, he don't like it. If he likes, he likes it. Until Vince McMahon is done with WWE, this is going to happen. It just it just showed you, twenty twenty nineteen was the worst Raw that has ever been in this entire history, and he put Heyman and Bischoff in charge. And guess what? They both fired. And that's and Heyman got the longest. Heyman had a year, so Bruce Pritchard going to try it. And guess what? Bruce Pritchard maybe will have his job at least for another year, and he's gone. Unfortunately, unfortunately, because it starts. And it ends with Vince McMahon. All right, guys. So you know, yeah, we had to get had to get into that. But now there is some slight good news, and I know probably waiting for this news. And it's that New Japan Pro Wrestling is back. Sorta, sorta, yeah. sorta. You know, we had that whole you know obviously the the, the uh, pen, pandemic and everything that's been happening. Obviously, you know, especially with it hitting China very, very hard and everything, that you know, Japan had to shut down, and there was no New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's their first event in over 110 days. Yes, so uh, over 110 days did they finally uh, return, and then they they had uh, a matchup there because it's, it's the COVID is getting better I think, in Japan, but once again, there's another spike in China. But we're not here to talk about the COVID stuff. So, but they, they finally had their, their show, and they had a secret card. This was the first event in in Hunter Ten Days. So, Prime is going to have to. I didn't get a chance to see it, but they are back. 
you, everybody knows Prime is going to have to help me get through this card. So, the first match. They have groups in New Japan. Like, you know, they have the Bullet Club, but they have one in just the Bullet Club. Gotcha. Uh, they got this group called LIJ. Okay. Uh, that's what, like, oh my God, I'm saying this people like you're going to know, but they got Naito and Takahashi. Are they two main members? Anyways. And Chaos is, is the group that Okada's in. Okada, Will Ospreay, and all that. Okay. But, um, yeah. The, the main event, I just go to the main event, couple, couple little things. I'm about to say, you, yeah. you, you, you don't want to start with the first match you hit? I didn't start with the first match. Um, Gabriel Kidd lost to Yoda, uh, Tasu? I call him. Well, that part, I, I never understood when they say this, so I just say Yoda. Okay. But, nah, he, he, I mean, it was a, I actually had to check this out. Well, I, I mean, me and you didn't get chances to see the match. I was going just going, going down the list of what happened. Well, let me, wait, let me pause. Okay. Because like I, I did. All right. Uh, do you know who? <laughs> do you know who Suzuki is? Yes, I heard Suzuki. Oh, okay. Good. So Suzuki, Suzuki Gun. Went up against the Stone Pitbull Ishii mm-hmm. and uh, Yuya. Okay. Um. So, first of all, Ishii is a beast. I don't know how he ever loses. Seems like he loses all the time. Uh huh. Um. But yeah, they lost. They lost to a um. Oh my god! It was like a Brock Lock looking, looking move. Yo, I, I missed can't... the Brock Lock. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, I wish somebody would do it. Drew McIntyre can pull it off. He can. So good Lashley, though. I think Lashley can pull it off. Yeah, but, you know, he, he said, I'm going to do the master lock instead. <laughs> yeah, the one the, the one that I broke out of, because I'm the only one who did. <laughs> but uh, you got some members of the Bullet Club, the more um, cruiserweight members, I would say. You know. Uh, then you got, you know, Goto, uh, Toriyano and Yoshihashi, uh, which is Tatsu, Yoshitatsu. Uh, it's, 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 um, this match was, so all tag team matches in New Japan kind of go the same way. They all kind of just get their stuff in and then do the finish. This one the same way. Uh, Takahashi did pin, uh, Hana, ha- oh my god, Hamana, though. Okay. That match was kind of like, all these matches, from what I saw, were uh, not lengthy, but, you know, they just had to get their stuff in and then get out of the way, basically. So it was more of like a, we just happy we back on the air, so we're yeah. we, we not giving yeah. you that, that that full Raw type match yet. Yeah. Um, fourth match, uh, honestly, I'm not going to name all these, but that group defeated L.I.J. with Bushi, Sonata, and Evil, because... It seemed like every match I watched of Sonata and Evil, they lose. Uh-huh. Honestly. But, you know, it happens. Um I, I could tell by the photos that the, that people had still had their face mask on and stuff in the crowd and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the, the cameraman or the um you know, the young lions. Yeah. Um 
then you got this match. You got Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace, uh, Kota Ibushi, uh, Nagata, and uh, Nakabe. They defeated Suzuki Gun, which Minoru Suzuki, Saber Junior, Lord, yep, Tachi and Doku, which um, Ishi should have been in this match because this is his group. Why? I don't, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, um, Kota and Hiroshi win because of course they do. Well, of course now, they I do. do. Know about, I do know about Hiroshi Tanahashi. So yes, this man is the ace. He's the John Cena. No, I would I would say the Hulk Hogan more than the John Cena. A new Japan. Over Okada? Well no. Uh, yes. Mm. Hiroshi Tanahashi is like fifty years old. Yeah, okay, you're right. <laughs> he been probably doing this since he was like eighteen. <laughs> like... Um wait, wait, real quick, let me just make sure. Okay, okay. Uh then the main event. L I J. Uh Takahashi, Naito, Shingo, and Taichi. What up against Okada? Showing yo. So, this match, if you don't know, uh, Okada, not Okada, Naito is the Intercontinental Champion and the World Champion. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's supposed to fight um, Kenta, which is Hideo Atami. They're supposed to fight soon or Ooh, whenever. I haven't seen a day or time since he left uh, WWE. Yeah, he, he came in, <laughs> joined Bullet Club, turned heel. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, Naito Pin, yo, of course. Show yo, they're good when they're with Rocky Romero. Mm-hmm. When they're not, then they kind of fall off. But that's it. That's, that's the whole card. Well, Honestly, the the match I will say is worth watching. Really, it is the Abushi match and the the uh, Okada match and Naito tag, tag team matches. It will be. I, I, like I, said, I think it was a great celebration for them to come back because, like I said, once again, did this COVID affect everybody? Especially they they got affected hard over there. See, at least WWE and AEW have a way to keep the wrestling going. Mm-hmm. They got affected real hard over there, and they were more strict to the point where like you, we got to shut this whole thing down. Which I think is better for them because um, 110 days, man, that's four months. Yeah, it's a long time. Now, like I said, <clears throat> with certain things spiking, I'm hoping that you know it doesn't affect them too much because I hope they can get that thing under control because you know you don't want another second wave, which everybody keeps talking about, and put them back in isolation for another four months. I hope that they can just kind of do stuff in their dojo or something like. You I know, wish they can use a dojo as like a uh, a dome or something to help. I was thinking about like you know do, doing like stuff in a dojo stuff like that. But I said, but you know, New Japan is different from like American wrestling anyway. So doing certain things like that, I don't know if they'll be you know uh, receptive to doing some kind of things like that. Unless you, I mean, like you know them better. Okay. So maybe they would be receptive to do doing something like that better. You think? Uh, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably not. No, because they, they, they're like government and stuff. It's strict. Yeah, so like I said, if there's gonna be no wrestling, there's gonna be no wrestling. So, is there any more future shows planned, or is this the only one that we got so far because of the? This know? was a surprise show too. Really? So, 
Yeah, so like they just randomly was like, all right, one night we gonna literally it's like no building nothing. They just randomly take that and say, here you go. Hmm. I mean, I'm cool with that too. Are they gonna have any more surprise badges? I'm kind of curious. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see. Not that I can, not that I see. I wonder who stuck over there with, stuck over there in Japan with us. If any, we got any of our, you know, guys stuck over there. I mean, obviously, you know, Pete Dunne, anybody stuck over in, uh, you know, British or Britain, but you know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, since talking about New Japan, I just watched, recently watched a New Japan match. An old one is uh, Brock and Kurt. Oh, I thought you were about, about to say Brock and Nakamura. No, I seen that match. Mm-hmm. I was, I was like, this Brock and Kurt match is actually pretty, pretty, pretty decent. You could, I, I, don't, I don't know, if Brock just wasn't passionate at that time, but you could tell he needed, he, he needed to go away, and they come back. Gotcha. I, I think this probably first of all, he's probably mad he had to travel to to Japan. And why he was the champion? He held it. He held the championship for hostage. <laughs> Just <laughs> nah, because um, they wanted him to. What did they want him to do? They wanted him to do something. He didn't want to do it. And they made a new championship. They was like, okay, just all you gotta do is drop it to Angle, and we'll be fine. Mm. He wanted to drop it. He did. They wanted him to drop it to Shinsuke or somebody else. Oh, and he uh, said, I'm going to drop it to Angle and just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And then when Angle had it, that's when they went from, they changed the belt name, so that's why it's the IWGP belt. Oh, okay. Instead of the New Japan belt. And, yeah. And then when Kurt won it, that's when Kurt had it on TNA. He, was, he had like five championships at the same time. Yo, Kurt was drawing. I loved it, but Kurt was drawing. Per Kurt, the X Division, the world title, the New Japan title, and both tag titles. I was like, yeah, I'm about to say both tag, no partner needed. Well, I think he was tag team title champions with Sting with that main event mafia stuff, but we ain't gotta get into that there because all oh, Booker T getting in the ring, all oh, Booker T going go off screen, all oh, Booker T going for the cross kick. Yo, had me dying. Booker T and TNA, I'm telling you, I've been trying to tell you this. He's like the greatest. I'm about to say, you gotta tell me that I got DVDs of this stuff on there, man. Cause I've been looking back at you know usually if somebody tell you be like okay but looking back at him like how this man was like the highlight every week. Yep, he was great. He was he was he allowed to be Booker T. I was like, man, I didn't know if he if he like going over there or not, but still, Booker T. Was Booker T. gonna hit him with a big thrust kick and uh, there he goes. No, no, he's like, he's eyeing up Peter Williams. <laughs> <laughs> he's eyeing up Peter Williams. He's got a big kick set up. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Uh, yeah, so uh, congratulations to the New Japan's of that for coming back and doing that show. Uh, now we got to move on to right now is the Wednesday Night War. So uh, let's go to the Wednesday Night War here, AEW versus NXT. So in NXT, we had the reveal of Phantasma. He unmasked. And also, Adam Cole got called out by Karrion Cross. For his NXT Championship, Doomsday is coming for Adam Cole. But then you go over to AEW Dynamite. Uh, we have Mark Quinn taking on Cody for the NXT uh, the TNT Television Championship. We also have 
uh, Chris Jericho on podcast FTR in their first matchup um, in AEW against the Butcher and the Blade, stuff like that. So we we got a lot of things going on here. So let's start off with NXT and uh, start off with that. So NXT, I'm sorry to say, is what I did not see most of. Okay. And I didn't go back and watch, so the problem's going to help me out a lot in this one. So, it starts off, NXT starts off with the mixed tag match between Django Gano and Candice LeRae versus Keith Lee and Mia Yim. So, how did that match up? Because I thought that, that was, I thought that was going to be the takeover in your house match, but it wasn't. But even though I did love Gorgano and Lee. So, how was the match? Nah, it was just a... The, the finish was weird, in my opinion. It was like... uh so I forgot what happened to Candice when she got knocked out. And, and Keith Lee did the whole Hogan, I'm going to take you to the back. <laughs> and then uh, Johnny Gargano rolled both of them up. And me and you didn't say nothing about this? No. <laughs> okay, so he's going to pick up Candice Lorraine and be like, let me take you to the back. And yeah. Nobody and then, said nothing. While he was holding her, Johnny Gargano pinned him, so he's still holding Candice while he <laughs> Wow. Okay, well, I guess that, you know that, that that was the match. Then, then we uh, next we have uh, okay, please get his name right. Indusheer. Oh, I don't know. With Malcolm Bivens taking on Mikey D- uh, Delbury and Mike Reed. So those are those those uh, Native American wrestlers, right? That got the yep. the black manager. Yep. All right. So it was basically it was basically a squash match. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, okay, I don't know when this segment is gonna come in, so I'm gonna just say it now. Um, Cameron Grimes, the one that I hate, was talking trash to uh, Damian Priest, and he punched him in the jaw, basically. Damian Priest punched him in the jaw, or, or Cameron yeah, Grimes punched yeah. him in the jaw. No, Damien Priest punched him in the jaw. Elbowed him. Oh, and wow. he had a match set for something. So he was like, I can't wrestle because Damien Priest broke my jaw. So that's his little storyline tonight. Well, it must have not worked because we still have... Yeah, had... yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, but that's, that match comes up next, it looks like. Well, okay, fine. Finn so Bauer taking on back. Cameron Grimes. He was in the back trying to talk to two developmental talent <laughs> and then <laughs> the referee was like hey uh hey I want to talk to you he was like get out of here he said hey I, I, I want to talk to you and then he said dude you're a ref one two three your way out of here and then he had like a you know the laptop behind his back he put the laptop well we was like oh your jaw is not hurting and it's not broken get out there and wrestle right now mm. so yeah he had to wrestle Finn and lost Oh yes, oh yeah, you were happy that Finn Balor uh, picked up here and then he hit some with the was it the coup de gras in nineteen sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yep. He did both of them. Yep. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Should've did another one. Oh, <laughs> oh man, you a care garage, you just don't like that. Wait what's he called his finishing move? The cave in. The cave in. You uh, know, I, it, it seemed like um Damien Priest almost turned face. I'm not sure. Oh, he got to do something to win some matches. It seemed like he turned face, though. Oh, well. Uh, he got to do something and to win some matches. He's kind of like a vampire. He was wearing all white. So, 
know. Well, you know, Urban Youth love all white. Even though he's not Urban Youth, but he just gives me Slash vibes. Okay. And you know what I'm saying? So you know how Slash is mixed, so it just gives me the Slash vibe. What is Damien Priest? I have no idea. <laughs> he's just there. Yeah. Uh, Dakota Kai takes on Casey Catanzaro. Catanzaro. Thank you. Catanzaro. How was this matchup? That's a squash. (laughs) Dakota Kai squash Casey? Yeah, yeah. Just a showcase. Gonzalez eventually overpowers her with a massive choke slam. Okay, so it looks like. Okay. Raquel Gonzalez gets involved in this matchup. Now from the stuff that I finally saw. <laughs> so, uh, Drake Maverick comes out and cuts the wheels. He's cut a promo because, you know, he has a job now. And then uh, E. Del Fantasma uh, comes out. He says, you know, all the talk was about me last week. As you know, uh, I got a, a new contract that came back to NXT. It should have been on you. You are the Cruiserweight Championship. You deserve to, uh, you know, get all the attention on you. Then the masked men from the suits come out. The ones that have been kidnapping superstars for the past couple months. So now Drake Maverick and Phantasma are sitting there back to back. Going to take on these guys. And then Phantasma slowly turns around. And then Maverick feels him turn around. And he gets jumped by these by Phantasma and these guys. And then the two guys unmasked revealing themselves to be... Um, uh, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna get his name right. Uh, what was it? God, how do you pronounce this? Ra- Raul Mendoza is one, but it's the other one. Okay. That's a, what was it? Jaqueen Wild? Joaquin. Joaquin Wild, okay. Was the ones that revealed it to be. And then after they revealed, they both go on top rope and then Phantasma. Reveals himself after doing a Phantom Driver on Drake Maverick at Santos Escobar. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I was I was watching AEW at this time and Q put something in the group chat talking about Santos Escobar. I'm like, what? Yeah, who's that guy? <laughs> I thought he sent it to the wrong group chat or something. I was like, what? Yeah, I was say, man, that's a. Uh... I was like, who? I, I, I is he a guy that I should know? No. Because, you know, uh Wild and Mendoza was the ones that was kidnapped, so I can understand it was being all it was all being, you know a setup. So uh Yeah, he he was he's he's been in the mask everywhere until now, so Okay. Honestly honestly, they should keep the mask on him because he looks just like Andrade. Yeah. With the hair down and everything looks just like, unless he cuts his hair. I mean, he, he, looks, he looks a little bit bigger than Andrade, though, but. In the face, they look yeah. like twins. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to say all Hispanics look alike? No, but them yeah. two. I don't know if it's the hair, the way that the hair was looking down, but. Uh huh. Well, we, then we, we have uh, Adam Cole taking on Dexter Loomis in a non title matchup. Dexter Loomis, once again, the ultimate creep. That he is, uh, they actually finally they, they did put a, a a good match on, and Adam Cole was beating him down. Simpson, you you know you're one crazy son of a bitch, 
and then he keeps do, doing the whole looking at him and staring at the time he keeps punching him and stuff like that. Uh, he goes for uh, the last shot, but Loomis uh, ducks it and tries to go for his uh, submission hold. But then, well, Bobby Fish comes up and tries to uh, destroy the referee. Uh, Ryder Sean comes in there and kicks Loomis in the head. And then Adam Cole comes and then he gets the last shot in the back. And then wins and beats Dexter Loomis. But after the match, he sits up, puts Adam Cole in a choke, and then Velveteen Dream comes out and starts beating down uh, Fish and Strong. And I'm like, he's still in the picture? Like, seriously, damn cool Velveteen Dream off a lot. I don't know why. If he can't challenge for the title anymore, why does he care? Exactly. Why is he still coming now? You should probably move on to Keith Lee or come to the main roster because really, if you look at Velveteen Dream now, look at him last year or two years ago. They cooled him off a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's very unfortunate because Vel- there was a point Velveteen Dream was just on fire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they should have uh, went with it, but they didn't. Yeah, so after the match was over, Adam Cole was still there. Dexter Loomis saw him get out the ring. <clears throat> we see Scarlet, and it's just dark, and we just see her walking down. I like this whole visual. And then she comes down to about the ring. There's no tight trying, there's no music, it's just dark with the spotlight on her. And she comes bearing a message from Carrying Cross. And then she puts the hourglass right there in the ring. And then she flips as the sand goes down. And I thought this shit was awesome. Mm-hmm. Because, first of all, coming down and putting the hourglass there and coming down in just pure darkness with the light just shining on you, having the artificial smoke and stuff like that. It's just like. She, like this guy like once again have I seen a killer cross match no I haven't not all the way through I don't even know how long this guy can go but the character with the interest and stuff that's going on right there bruh it's top notch it's top yeah, notch um, <clears throat> yeah they just need to just kind of cool off a little bit with <clears throat> the special entrance save it but after that yeah so how does he like have you seen a carrying cross match? Like or I'm like like a full one? Yeah, no he's he's okay. He's pretty good. Okay. But I don't nah, I don't know about no thirty minutes or nothing. He could probably go like fifteen, twenty. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. He's he's not one of them indie indie guys, right? He's not one of them Johnny Gargano fifty minute classics. No, no, he okay he yeah, no, he, it looks like he's dead anyway. Alright, so now it's time for your shit of AEW. And uh, AEW Dynamite this week from June 10th. Uh, we have Chris Jericho, La Champion, on commentary with his baseball bat. And we kick off tonight's show with the debut of FTR and going against the Butcher and the Blade. Good matchup by, by two until the end. To me, got a little sloppy. Uh, the butcher could not get up for the sh- the, the uh, shatter machine, which is which is called what, what do they call it there? The Good Night Express. The Good Night. I don't like. I don't like that name. I don't like that name at all. I'm sorry. 
I don't. You can call it what you want to call it. It's the Shatter Machine. Exactly. Is by my name a Shatter Machine? I'm going to call it Shatter Machine. <laughs> so, they go for a spike power driver on the blade, old school style. And they pick up the win here. So then the Young Bucks come out, and then they say, hey, uh, last week you formally didn't really introduce yourselves to us. But that's okay, that's okay. Because, you know what I'm saying, I'm Matt, this is Nick. And we are the best damn tag team in AEW. We have the ones that have been holding down the tag team division for the past decade and a half. You could have just said 15 years. Just saying, but you know, whatever. Uh, so, and then they introduce themselves and then, you know, extend their hands out. Uh, but then, you know, here comes, uh, God, what was the team that came out first? Oh, the Butcher Blade. Uh, uh, Kip Sabian and well, whoever well, no, no, well, uh, Jimmy Havoc well f- from behind the butcher blade uh, hits Matt Jackson but then all of a sudden you know the FTR starts fighting them and then Kenny Omega and Hangman Page come out and it's like you got these three great teams in the ring staring each other down so they're going to eventually get in there and those are going to be some killer ass matches bro killer ass matches uh Dasha was backstage with the Natural Nightmares with breaking news that next week they'll be facing the AEW Tag Team Champions, <laughs> Kenny Omega How? and Hangman Page. How? Huh? How? I don't know. You know what? We get on WWE, but for this, I'm like, but don't rankings count? Don't Is it the best friends, the, the contenders? They are contenders. They're saving that for the pay-per-view, I know, but uh, they are undefeated, but they're undefeated on Dark? On, on dark, yeah, yeah, no thing. So I gotta watch a QT Marshall and Dustin Rose matchup with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page next week. Yep. Yeah, so he needs QT Marshall's uh, head against. He, he's still out there flirting with Ali. Uh, we have a tag team match player. Uh, with uh Hakura Shida. Hakura, hello. Hakaru Shida. There you go. And Chris Statlander taking on Nyla Rose and Penelope Ford, accompanied by Super Bad Kip Sabian. So, Penelope Ford wants to get an athletic Alexa Bliss of AEW. Uh, Good spot here of Nyla Rose setting up uh, Chris Statlander and uh, Shida on the rope and doing uh, the, the, the knee from the top rope down on both of them it looked great and then uh, but Penelope Ford gets a Falcon's arrow no first of all uh, Nyla Rose gets an axe kick by Chris Stanley she pulled out the Booker T axe kick yeah and um, she did like a dive in this match to Sabian yeah, yeah to, to Sabian and, first of all I'm, I'm mad and, Chris Jericho didn't reference Booker T when she did that, that kick I don't think he can. <laughs> but uh Oh, good point. He he did a um Chris Allen did a dive to Kip Sabian and tore her ACL. So that's legit she she she's out now? Yeah. Damn. That that is very unfortunate because ACL that's eight, nine months right there. She's out. Just the Falcons arrow to put up before who does so a week Huh? I, just, I'm just gonna say, I think um, they will benefit with someone like a big swole, or like, or like maybe Penelope to step up. Yeah, 
I, I agree with that. So we we, we have uh, Sheeta hits the Falcon Zero on penalty four, but she kicks out. And I was like, first of all, the kick, kick out was weak, but um, you know, but still I'm surprised that she uh, kicked out with it. And then uh, she runs run to the ropes to give her you know, that running knee, but then Sabian grabbed the legs. That's when you know uh, Stanley kind of went out there and, and did that. And then uh, they gave Davos gave Save probably uh, Ford the belt, hits Cristalina with it, and then hits her with her fisherman suplex. Beautiful fisherman suplex, by the way. And uh, picks up the win here. So she could be in line for the women's title shot, stuff like that. So we gotta see where this goes. Video package of Darby Allen with, you guessed it, Tony Hawk. Uh, he sort of medically, medically cleared the wrestle since Brian Cage killed him. In uh, so he said, "I'm gonna kill myself another way." Exactly. And then, but Tony Hawk's like, "You don't need a doctor's note to skate." And then Tony Hawk and are doing some uh, tricks on the skateboard. So cool segment. I like seeing Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk's a legend. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess so. You say you guess Tony Hawk's a legend. <laughs> No, I'm saying I guess, like, yeah, sure, like, I, okay. I'm, I'm about to say, you must not like the games at all. You must not, not like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 with a little... Tony Hawk Pro Skater is, the, like, the only thing I know. <laughs> it was better than that, uh, was it, Matt Hoffman's BMX. Uh, we get a uh, six-man tag team match player, Freshly Squeezed Orange Cassidy and uh, the Best Friends, Versus the inner circle of Jake Hager or Jake Hager and Santana and Ortiz. Match is pretty good here. Uh, they start beating up on uh, Cassidy in the corner when uh, the uh, old LAX Santana Ortiz do, do, do the, the running uh, cannonball into the corner. That move is like if you don't time that right, you can really fuck something up. Yeah, for real. Yeah, when when, yeah. When, when they when they do that, but then all of a sudden, a burst of energy come out of nowhere of Orange Cassidy just uh, taking down everybody, diving through the ropes and, and jumping and jumping off the top rope. Once again, that's why Orange Cassidy gets me right here, and I, I enjoy everything that uh, he was doing. But uh, as the track comes back, uh, they come back. Uh, he hits Ortiz with a swinging DDT, and then. Uh, Orange Cassidy uh, takes out Jake Hager, and then uh, he goes for a roll up. Orange Cassidy goes for a roll up, and then or Santana, as they were trying to. I forgot that 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 that, that power bomb move that they do. We was on the top rope. Santana's on the top rope. Ortiz has him in the power bomb. Uh, street sweeper. This just the street sweeper. Yeah, he dies off of there. And he rolls him up, and he win the matchup. Jericho's pissed, so that Jericho comes down. And they start attacking the best friends in, in Orange Cassidy. But Jericho has a, a special weapon of choice. He goes underneath the ring and pulls out a bag of oranges. Of course. 20 pounds of blood oranges. And then that could crush a man's skull, Tony Schiavone says. And then they swing it and hit Orange Cassidy in the face. He starts to bleed. He pick him up again. And he hit him on the other side of the face. And he starts to bleed again. And then they hit him in like the midsection. So they beat this guy down with a bag of oranges. Pretty much. Pretty much. There's about twenty pounds of oranges and there's just like uh 
your boy JR. Orange Cassidy has been left bloodied and battered by Chris Jericho in the circle for the bag of blood oranges. Uh, Tony Schiavone was about to do the interview to the gun club before MJF came in erupted and uh, he insulted uh, Bill Sunwar and Bill warned MJF not to do it again Warlow stared down Bill and MJF backpedaled from the gun club but now it was up next was time for the Spanish guy Sammy Guevara taking on Boom Boom Cocabana so once again, I cannot believe that's his nickname. I, I know you you, you, you hate this, George. So, uh, Coco Banner misses a, uh, hits a moonsault Sammy Guevara, but then uh, uh, he tries to go back to the second rope again. Sammy gets him into that GTS, like a flip over from a burning hammer to a GTS. Mm-hmm. Hits Coco Banner, and then... Oh, that's God. a Dijakovic move, isn't it? Yeah, Dominic. Feast your eyes. So... Okay. Then who comes out after the match? Evil Uno and Grayson and Mr. Brody Lee in the Dark Order. Wait, hold on. I'm getting I'm getting a message here. Oh, it's from Christopher Dance. Let me open my mail. Screw the Dark Order. Can't stand the Dark Order. I, I, I just don't like them. They they thank Christopher Dance for uh, coming in, and then they help uh, Coco Bear get back to his feet, and then they just go to the back, and I guess they try to, you know. He look confused. Coke look confused, but maybe try to get him to join the Dark Order. Screw the Dark Order. So then, Sam grabbed the mic and says, "Look, he was the best in AEW, the best wrestler." And Matt Hardy came out and said, "Hey, I came out here to congratulate you. Actually, not to talk anything about you. So you are the future of AEW. But let me offer you some advice to maximize your full potential. You need to get away from Chris Jericho and Inner Circle. Trust me." And then. Uh, and Sammy was, you know, uh, talking about so how am I gonna trust this guy? This man tried to kill me twice in the golf cart. That he switched over to uh, Matt Hardy version one and says, "Ah, uh, a matter of fact, Matt Hardy is an excellent driver." I die laughing. And then Sammy was like, "What are you talking about? Shut up!" Exactly. I then uh, he he goes over to uh, broken Matt Hardy as Damascus. And says, I'm going to smash you, Samuel. And delete, delete, delete. So, but once again, they plan to see that Sammy Guevara could be going solo. Because once again, the insert is not going to last forever. But if he wants to reach his full potential and like, go for a championship or something like that, he's going to have to leave the inner circle. So, I think, yeah, support. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Say what? I don't know how they're gonna do it. I, don't, I mean, it's just gonna it's gonna be a minute, but because uh, I, I like the inner circle stuff, but like I said, the inner circle's not gonna last forever. Uh, the bad boy Joey Janela was seen doing shots at the bar, reflecting on his uh, journey from <laughs> AW this far. The segment was weird. It was. It was kind of like the Janela Zone. <laughs> Batman. Exactly. Uh, Coco Bang gets caught up backstage. And then uh, Cole ignored Dasha, Cole knocked on the door, Mr. Brody Lee, and then it opened, and then Colt walked in. Is Boom Boom going to be Dark Order, Colt Cabana? I feel like that's setting us up. I feel like, you know what I feel like this is? What's I feel that? like this is just all coincidences. Say what? Like, I feel like this is all a coincidence. 
Like they gave him a water, he drank it. Maybe he was just thirsty. Maybe yeah. they took something from him. Now he, he's going to get it back. Yo. I feel like that's something that happened with Coke. Yo, they'd be like, you know oh, who you, you sound like right now? Huh? You know who you sound like right now when you said that? Who? Jay Z. That shit, Jay Z be saying it. He about this. Yo, man, what if he ain't want his chain took? You can't just be I'm going just to take people chains. Yeah, if you go off a drink of water, maybe the man was thirsty. <laughs> that's so I just, I just feel like that's a that's a Coke Cabana thing they do with. I wasn't with them. I would, they just had my wrist tape or it's, something. I don't. Know. Yeah, probably still like that. John Mox outside the arena, and then um, he he wants to get a word for a champ, and then he talked about some look. Yeah, my neck hurt, hurt to go to the bathroom, all that kind of stuff like that. But once again, you think I, I I'm pissed off that Brian Pay Cage thinks he can beat me. I'm the best wrestler in the world. And he said, I pissed off. You know, I want to shut up Taz and everything. And Taz says, he comes up there, look, man, I was in the back, okay? And he said, he, enough of this. Uh, he said, here, you jabber your jaws. Brian Cage comes out and starts beating up Moxley. They have a fight. Uh, Moxley tries to hit him with a pole through the windshield, but he misses. Then he, he uh, throws um, Moxley on the back of the car, breaks that windshield. After threatening to power bomb him on the ground, so <clears throat> excuse me, Taz is like, "That's enough. That's enough. That's enough." We sent the message, so that's that's what you had back, uh, back there. So you hear Moxie groaning. So I'm curious to see this matchup. I wonder if they actually gonna give it to Brian Cage. I doubt it. You doubt it? Mm-mm. Yeah, what kind of match? Uh, unless not, unless he gets a major push somewhere that I don't know. Then yes, but as of now, right now, what we know, then no. Well, since the AEW champion is not the main event, we know who is, though. It's time for the TNT Television Championship. Um, yeah, you know Cody is not cool. <laughs> Cody know? said, I can't challenge for the championship. So I'm going to just win this championship and make it the main championship. Who are you telling? Boom, 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 boom. So, uh, Mark Quinn comes out with Matt Hardy and... Uh, Isaiah Cassidy uh, and a new theme song yeah I had a new theme song the private party theme song and then they both were wearing Black Lives Matter uh, armbands I mean I wouldn't mind if Matt Hardy wanted to wear one too just, <laughs> just <laughs> uh, I think it was more important for them to wear than him exactly and then Cody comes out now once again I don't know if this is part of Cody's interest all the time but it doesn't but he did take a knee in his entrance. I had to go back and watch it. So he took a knee. I don't know if that knee was in, you know, solidarity. Okay, where, where did he take the knee at? Like, soon as, soon as he came out the little tunnel thing? So as soon as he came out the little tunnel, he did the little Cody. Woo! Yeah! And then took the knee. I did. Okay, yeah. He, he always does that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I about to say, but I mean, he... He, comes d- out, he, he takes a knee and he does like a flex. Okay. And then he gets something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he does all that with all his fireworks, and then once again, he still has his shirt. Oh, he does have a shirt on saying about some, you know, we're all one family type thing. So they made sure they put that on there. Um, so it says, uh, there may be some speculation that Quinn's out 100% because of that, uh, that ankle injury he had. But, uh, this matchup is, see, Cody is the scene of AEW right now. With the TNT championship, and he would go out and fight, fight the younger guys. And it's just like when he went out and had a match with Xavier Woods or Stardust or 
Cesaro, and he had all these kind of good, and Sami Zayn had these good matches with him. It's like, yo, man, you're doing it. That's, that's what this Mark Quinn thing was. Mark Quinn goes and hits a 450 from the top rope to the outside on Cody. And this was on the stage because they have that level stage. That shit looked like it hurt. Both of them. I bet. I bet. There was just no give to that whatsoever. Um, let's see what happened next. Okay, so uh, he, he, he goes for a shoot star press. Cody moves out the way and then uh, uh, got uh, Quinn's leg. And then he puts him in the ankle lock. And obviously his ankle still hurt and he has to tap out. A uh, good matchup by these two. I recommend going back and checking it out. Uh, then, um, What's up with Cody not using his own finisher to win matches? I don't know. He If he pins people with figure four leg locks, I guess. I guess the coach didn't tell him to do it. Yeah. So as they're you know celebrating the rings, like your good good match, kid. Uh, Jake Hager uh, is on the ring and is looking at Cody, and then uh, he comes in and he puts his hand on Anderson. Cody tries to defend on Anderson, but then uh, Hager drop uh, Cody, and then Private Party and Matt Hardy come to the system. But then the circle come out and they all just start hell breaks and they just start fighting, and then. Uh, Basically, uh, Cody says, Jake Hager, I know what you want. You want a shot at the TNT title. Well, Fighter Fest, you got it. And that's how AEW went off the air. So, AEW for you this week, Primetime. Who wins, AEW or NXT? Uh, I would give it to NXT for that ending. Yeah, bruh, that ending was fire. I'm sorry, that, that whole Scarlet Adam Cole thing. And I did like the Dexter Loomis matchup as well. And I'm actually giving, yes, I'm giving NXT the win this week, even though both shows, the ratings were very down a little bit. But uh, <clears throat> that's what it was. All right, guys, so we're about to wrap up, wrap up this podcast. Uh, I'm going to talk about The Undertaker, Last Ride, Part 4. I'm going to give you my review of how I felt about the show, and then we're going to end the podcast. So after Backlash... On Sunday night, we finally get part four of the last ride of The Undertaker. And we just left off where they had the terrible match between the Brothers of Destruction and D-Generation X at Crown Jewel. So this picks up right after Crown Jewel. And they were just showing the highlights from the matchup at the beginning. <clears throat> How abysmal this match was. It shouldn't even have happened. And, you know, Triple H tore this pack and... They, they go backstage to Shawn Michaels, and he's like, they, they miss you about that much. I'm like, yeah. So uh, Undertaker was very, very, very upset with his performance. Of course, there's the cycle. But this time, he actually takes a break. And this time, w- within that break, Undertaker actually, you know, we actually get more of like the the the, the man behind the Undertaker thing. Because... They, they, they start talking about, you know, how serious Mark is about the character. If you look all over the years, there is very any public things you see about The Undertaker. Very rare. And like I said, I, I used to, um, I never met The Undertaker in person. I never seen him in person other than uh, seeing him at a wrestling event. But, like, when they go to autograph signings or Comic-Con and stuff like that, he doesn't do any of those kind of stuff. He's not even on camera for the Hall of Fame. So, this one... Was showing, you know, uh, 
going back old school Undertaker and they talking to Paul uh, Paul Bear. They had an uh, archive interview from 2012 talking about talking to Paul Bear about you know working with the Undertaker and everything. And they were showing backstage stuff from the new generation area era when Purple Glove Undertaker was a thing. And him doing the promos and making the casket for Kamala and how fun they used to be and him like, you know, talking and, you know, doing cut and just him being a regular guy behind the scenes. And I'm like, you know how much archive footage WWE has that I would love to see? Like, that would be a special on a network that I, what I think would sell a lot of people to come see, like see an archive thing of Undertaker old stars from, you know, the nice of idea that you rarely don't get to see. And, you know, they were showing that, and they said that they also show clips of, like, different house shows. And after the shows of, you know, like, JBL telling need to take a vacation and trying to make them laugh. Or the best one that, in my personal opinion, of when shows off the air is when Booker T tried to get Undertaker to do the spin Rooney. Hands down. that Because it, it wasn't just Booker T trying to do that. Because Booker T and Goldust... Just had a match, or uh, I think that's how it ended. Or I don't know how that show. Cause this was two thousand two. We're, we're, we're in Big Evil, Undertaker. Even then, he was talking more. He wasn't a dead man character, but Undertaker don't still. He, he took his character very seriously. And uh, Booker T tried to get him to do it. Goldust tried to get him to do it. Then Triple H came out and tried to get uh, Undertaker to do it. The Rock was out there trying to get. Undertaker to do the Spirit of Rudy, and then Vince McMahon came out. Now, <clears throat> I saw this in full. It's like I don't know if they have. They probably do have it on YouTube, but I used to. I, I used to collect all the DVDs before the number came out. So I had the DVD Raw after the Bell, and that's when I seen it, and it was funny. So you know they, they were coming out, they would play the music, Booker T would come, and he actually did the Spirit of Rudy in slow motion to get the Undertaker. To try to do it, so Booker T obviously does. It. He's the master of it. And then Goldust was like, "Look, screw this, I'll do it." So Goldust goes and does a terrible spin of Rudy. But he's like, "Here, fuck it. Look, it's, I'm Goldust. It doesn't matter." But then until you still leaning on the ropes, it's like y'all are not going to break me. Y'all not going to break me. And there was a point where like he may try to do it, but uh, and, and, and the, the funny thing is about this whole thing because I said Booker T started. The Undertaker actually went all called out uh, Booker T to do, do to do the Spinner Rooney again, and he was just like, "But that's Booker T said they want to see the Undertaker Rooney." So then, uh, <laughs> uh, when Triple H and The Rock was out there, uh, The Rock was the one that came the closest to doing the Spinner Rooney, and uh, that was cool. So Vince came out and said, "Do it, damn it!" Because he was Tri- even Triple H tried. I know, tri- if somebody takes their character seriously. Triple H takes his character seriously as well. But Triple H is not mind trying to play around and have a good time. And then when Vince did it, Vince said, okay, so, 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 hit that music. You know Vince has... Vince will never tell you to do anything that he won't do himself. And that's what he did. And they hit the music. And Vince does a terrible spinning movie where Triple H was like, hey, you are the officially the whitest white guy on the planet. <laughs> because it looked terrible. And I remember the Undertaker uh, choke slams Triple H before zooming off in the bag and out. I, I thought it was a very funny segment. They, they were trying their hardest to give him the break. They they show Kurt Angle saying "I love you," giving him a hug and they give him a kiss, and he just like uh, runs off and everything. It's like 
people have tried their hardest to get Undertaker to break the character. I like seeing, you know, the man behind that. So as they were showing that, we're traveling going over to WrestleMania 35. There's no Undertaker on the WrestleMania card. For the first time in 14 years, I believe, because I believe Undertaker, since his career started, when he started and did his first match at WrestleMania 7, Undertaker only missed two WrestleManias. That was WrestleMania 10 and WrestleMania 16, or a.k.a. WrestleMania 2000. He missed those WrestleManias. But then ever since WrestleMania, after WrestleMania 2000, from WrestleMania X7 all the way down to WrestleMania 34, The Undertaker has been at WrestleMania. That's that's a streak within itself. That is, that is from 2001 to 2018. Straight. That was just, that, that's just crazy. Like, see, he only missed two WrestleMania since he started at WrestleMania. Seven, seven people were on WrestleMania 30. We just had 36. So, at seven, that is, that is beyond crazy. So, he was there, and he was there in New York, and he was, you know, talking to all the, the superstars in the back. And it was amazing how he was just trying to, you know, he said, as of right now, I'm kind of content of where I'm at. But, you know, as we get closer to, you know, to bell time, stuff like that, we're going to see how I feel. And he was talking to, you know, Triple H, who was on the car. He was talking to Batista, who came back and had that match with Triple H. And, and just, just talking to all the boys in the back. And you could tell that he was out his element because he was like, I have nothing to do. There's no access. There's no nothing. So they, they showed him, Michelle McCool, and his daughter, just being a family at Access, which was cool. And he he was going around talking to the New Day and uh, talking to Mark Henry and talking to Kane and the Miz and all, all the people. They said they were just, everybody was coming up to, to the back to me like I was a godfather and everything. And, you know, it, it felt good, but it also felt like he he wanted to be at on a WrestleMania card. But Vince came to him and said, hey, I need you for Raw tomorrow night. Uh, he was just like raw, okay, and then but I don't know if I can. Then Michelle McCool says you will never say no to Vince, and you know that. So, but it's fine. Just go to Raw and you know do do what you need to do and come back. And then he said, but I don't have my gear. And he she was like, what? You don't have your gear? Everybody was like, you don't have your gear. So he had to fly from New York back to Austin, Texas to get his gear. He said he had to find a bag because he ain't used it in a while, and then go back up to New York for Raw. The next night after WrestleMania. So for those who remember, Undertaker was in that segment with Elias. And Elias says, you know, uh, the next one that interrupts me is a dead man. And the dong, then the gong goes off. And then we see Undertaker, he comes back and beats him up. And he said, you know, have a little redemption period for uh, how things turned out in Crown Jewel. You know, I'm not all for always, you know, redemption, redemption, redemption all the time. However, that Crown Jewel match needed redemption. And then as we're going on to the redemption thing, Triple H calls him and says, how would you feel about doing a match at Super Showdown with Goldberg? And Undertaker jumped to the opportunity because there's not that many dream matches left. And he was saying, you know, Goldberg versus Undertaker is big money if you're a wrestling fan. There is times as a Goldberg fan that I want Goldberg versus The Undertaker. In 1998, because in 2020, I'm like that. That match is 
really like 15 years past its mark. It really is. There is a lot of things I want to see with Undertaker and Goldberg. So that now, once again, Undertaker knew like the opportunity, like the match sells itself. The dominance of the Undertaker versus the dominance of Goldberg. Let me tell you something. You want to talk about selling out a crowd? If they had did Goldberg the hundred and seventy three and O streak versus the Undertaker at WrestleMania where he was undefeated, yo, there's no way that can't be the main event. They got the championship, but there's no way that can be the main event because of just how much both those guys meant to both of those companies. And like I said, me being a I can be a little bit of a Goldberg apologist, but I'm also a realist also. Goldberg is in my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. Goldberg does not get the credit he deserves. Okay? People want to talk about Goldberg wasn't a good wrestler. He wasn't a good worker. Yeah, I get that. And he only got two moves. Okay, first of all, I am so sick of hearing the whole Goldberg only has two moves shit. He don't. Goldberg just doesn't know how to string together moves and create a good matchup. But if you look at WCW, I can really list off moves that Goldberg has and Goldberg does uh pretty well and some that he doesn't according to Bret Hart. So with that being said, but you know Goldberg sold tickets. Okay? We're not gonna act out here act like Hulk Hogan is the Matt technician. Okay? Goldberg I mean I mean Hulk Hogan is a is a decent wrestler, but he's not the Matt technician of a Bret Hart. No way, he's leave, Bret Hart's leave some bounds better than uh, Hulk Hogan. There are wrestlers back in the day that it, it was all about them selling tickets. Everybody's not going to be the indie guy. Everybody's not going to be the wrestler. Sometimes you just had to play the guy's strengths. But Goldberg was a tie turner. He put asses in seats, and he has he doesn't get credit for the things that he has done in that business. And it's just, it's just not somebody who just lucked out. Goldberg had the look. He had the name. He had everything. And like I said, Goldberg's the Undertaker. That's a money match. Even when I saw it, I was just like, man, maybe they could put together a decent match because before the Crown Jewel match even, uh, before the Super Showdown match even happened, um, well, I mean, like I said, before that, that they had the uh the Generation next match, but I was like, Undertaker, he came back and did good work with Cena. He can come back and just have a, a quick squash match with Goldberg. Spear, something, 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 and Goldberg can do it for the jackhammer. So, they're building up to this matchup. Goldberg's excited for it. And uh, Goldberg, once again, he, he has this thing where he has to bang his head into the locker, you know, so to get himself motivated. That's what Goldberg used to do. I mean, you, you're, you're, you're in your 50s. You probably shouldn't do that anymore. So when they had the match, you know, Goldberg kissed Goldberg spear on the Undertaker, and Undertaker does a sit-up. Everything's going good. Then Goldberg throws Undertaker into the corner. He runs in, and he hits his head, smacks right dab into the turnbuckle post. That Now, seeing it live, I was like, oh, my God, he's fucked up. Goldberg had a s- severe concussion. Severe concussion. And you could tell that he was hurt. And then... Uh, once again, now what I didn't like is that you know, once again they, they they were showing all the parts of Goldberg fucked up. I'm just like, look, Undertaker fucked up too in that match. Okay, it wasn't just a one sided thing. However, Goldberg was the close to. I mean, well, no, because I'm gonna go back to Undertaker also. Goldberg tried to go for the jackhammer. He could not get Undertaker up in the jackhammer, and he literally 
is centimeters away from breaking this guy's neck. He, he puts him up in, puts him up in a Jack Cameron. And he comes down and he kind of like has to roll his his neck and crouch up just in time because Goldberg kind of does like a very scary looking brain buster. It looks like and just doesn't get him over in time for the jackhammer. And then Undertaker is just like, you know, my back was killing me. And then after the matchup, he hits him with another terrible choke slam and wins the matchup. And Undertaker has a very look on his face. So that look on his face was memes for all this time. There was memes about Undertaker, how he was pissed off at Goldberg and stuff like that. He was upset. He admitted he was upset. He said, Michelle was like, I know he was upset with that match. And Goldberg was upset with that match. But I just didn't like how all the hate Goldberg got. Undertaker, if you go back to that matchup, and they didn't show it, Undertaker Tombstone Piledrive Drive Goldberg on his head, and he already has a concussion. Like, usually Undertaker's very protective of the Tombstone Piledrive, but he dropped Goldberg square on his head. And I'm like, that is not safe neither. And I know, and it's frustrating, I know for the Undertaker, working with somebody who has a concussion, but... What happened with Brock Lesnar? That match was shit too. That match with the Brock Lesnar and Undertaker match with the streak ended. I think people forget about how bad that match was because the streak ended. So that was the moment that that clouded the whole thing. That was the smoke and mirrors of it. That that was the streak. It ended. That's what they're going to remember WrestleMania 30 about, but not about how bad that match was. And Brock had to carry that matchup, and it wasn't good. It wasn't good so I, I like I said I, I I do not like all the Goldberg he Goldberg deserves a lot of criticism because of he almost killed the Undertaker and you know saying that as seeing this Goldberg can't get like certain guys up for the jackhammer anymore back in the day Goldberg was getting a giant up for jackhammers but back but now Goldberg can't get is really getting anybody up for the jackhammer and then Undertaker couldn't get the tune, so like I, I I could see the match they was trying to play, and they could have gave us a, a ten minute good match. Goldberg has had a good Smash Mouth matchup with Brock Lesnar. It's possible to have that, but once again, when you got when you concussed that bad, he was bleeding fully all in the matchup. Then it it sucks. So obviously, you know, Undertaker wants redemption because you know Goldberg got his against Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam, so he wants his. So we get to Philly where they come here. I was at that show at Extreme Rules. I I, I took my son to that show. Uh, me and my friends, and you know, and uh, my son, and then you know, uh, one one of my other friends' daughter. That we we won. We we won. It was about I would say six deep. We went to this show. The Extreme Rules got some good tickets. We're actually on the ramp part. So when they come out by the ramp, we are right there. So. It was Undertaker. He he returned on Raw to help out Roman Reigns against Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. And it was in a tag team matchup. I seen the match, and I'm like, he looks great. The Undertaker looks great in this matchup. But once again, is the Undertaker want his last match to be a tag team match with Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules? But, I mean, it shows how good he looked. He took the, the, the diving elbow from Shane McMahon through the announce table, and then... uh. He does give Shane the Tombstone Power Driver, and then he uh, they win they win the matchup. It was a it was a pretty decent matchup, and then he uh, salutes Roman Reigns as this is your yard now in Philly. So that, I was there for the whole the whole event of Extreme Rules. That was the last one I went to. You know they had Elimination Chamber here in Philly earlier this year, but due to COVID, 
I was too scared to even think about going. And that was the last big event that we had here. So, but yeah, that's what it was. And I, I was like, okay, so Undertaker started to get back into it. But then, you know, it was just like he knew that now he may have to like give it up because certain things are hurting. He's admitting certain things are hurting and he has to figure out if, if he wants to, you know, really give up or not. So I'm curious to see, they said they had to still record part five. So I'm curious to see if it's going to be a thing where Undertaker finally decides like, all right, this is where I'm going to retire. I have to do it and let it go. And my ideal thing would be survivor series. That's what he should probably, he, he started in Survivor Series in 1990, and then he can end in Survivor Series of 2020, and that would be a hang up to a 30 year career. He shouldn't go past 2020. Is is it hard to let the Undertaker go? More, p- people was talking about it. Mark here was like, "I'm selfish. I want to see the Undertaker every year at WrestleMania, but I know that it just can't happen." Even as a basketball fan growing up, every year I saw Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq. At the All-Star game. And then when Shaq was getting older. And just couldn't play up to Shaq level. It felt just so weird. Not seeing Shaq. Or Tim Duncan. Or Kevin Garnett at All-Star games. Because when I was growing up. And stuff like that. Those were the ones that always you know, polluted the screen. It was hard seeing Michael Jordan go. But these father time was undefeated. And these people got to go. They got to go. So that was part four. I I, I enjoyed part. Four. I enjoyed this whole documentary series. It's it's really good. I'm curious to see what part five is going to be. I don't know when part five is going. I don't know if it's next Sunday they're showing part five or they're going to wait uh, a little bit longer show part five because I don't know if they're done yet necessarily. If he wants to wait till Survivor Series, I'm like, damn, I don't want to wait till November to see part five. You know what I'm saying? So I'm curious to see, you know. What's it going to be, or, or or how it's going to happen? Now, but I I really recommend it and checking this out. Like the, the whole self reflection thing is good. However, there were a couple of things I want him to get into a little bit more. The, the, the whole Starcast thing that he had planned to go to that was outside the WWE because there, there's a Starcast thing. I remember Anthony Cardenas was supposed to be coming, and I know we we had made plans to go see them. I don't know if it was going to come to Philly or wherever they was coming, but we had made plans to go see them, and then. He had to cancel because Vince McMahon did not approve of that, obviously. And he said that there was a falling out between him and Vince. They didn't talk for a while, but then they ended up coming together like grown men and talking and everything with sunshine and rainbows. So I want him to dig more into that because I understand Vince got a business to run. Like I said, if you're part of WWE, if Vince don't send you any words, like, like these Comic-Con stuff like that, th- th- these other superstars can't go take these outside bookings like people from AEW or other wrestling uh, organizations can do. So, but I was like, you know, I got a career business of my own that I'm trying to, you know, run here also. And if I, if people want to see me at Starcast, like I said, nobody comes out and sees The Undertaker. And I was like, man, I would love to just go and take a picture with The Undertaker. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, some of my, some of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yeah, you, you see the low car ones. And every now and then you, you catch up to... You know, a big one, but it's like, you know, some big ones. Like, I've never met The Rock. I've never met Stone Cold. I've never met The Undertaker. You know what I'm saying? I, I, those are the ones like I wanted to meet, but I did meet some big ones. I met Shawn Michaels. I've met Mick Foley. You know? So, I've met Randy Orton. I met I met some top stars of today and yesteryear. So, 
I, I want him to get more into that, and I wanted him to get more into, you know, the whole Goldberg thing with the matchup. And, like, does he blame any of it on himself other than him just saying that? Did Goldberg call him afterwards and say, hey, I'm sorry I, I fucked up? Or did you call him and check to see if he was all right? Like, I, I wanted to know all that kind of stuff. But they didn't really get into it. But I recommend you guys uh, check it out because it, it, this, this documentary is, is good. I can't wait to see how it finishes up. All right, that was The Undertaker, Let's Ride, Part 4. So, uh, we got one more to go. And, uh, like I said, this documentary has been good. But once again, we're we about to get out of here, guys. Thank you guys for joining us for uh, for no, the No Gimme Seed Wrestling Podcast. Sorry it wasn't that much to talk about, too much to get into. I didn't want to keep repeating myself with, you know, things going on in the world, stuff like that, and then stuff with the wrestling. So, I want to kind of, you know try to see what's going on in actually the world of wrestling so well much to talk about but you know we, we did get a lot of stuff to accomplish uh, make sure you guys check out spaciesfilly.com that's what we're a part of and also check out the real nerdcoalition.com the real nerdcoalition.com you can get all your nerd coalition merch you can get your NC merch you can get your NC Shazam logo merch the retro logo and you can also get the no gimmicks needed logo t-shirt Get all that great stuff at teesprings.com slash nerdcoalition. And check out the Road Nerd Coalition to find all our stuff to find the Qflow stuff, the Qflow merch, along with the war drum, and also with, because uh, he just got nominated for something uh, the other day. So make sure you check that out and check out the Qflow merch. Also, I know he's working on some other stuff. Like I said, the, the project is going to keep going. So I make sure, I make sure I uh, support this man in any way I can. Hit, uh, also, check out the Prime Nostalgia Podcast as well. Where Prime talks about a lot of nostalgia stuff. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great thing. So make sure you guys check it out as well. And check us out on all the podcast apps. Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. And then also YouTube Premium as well. Alright, good show today, Primetime. Glad, glad you can join me and help me out as always. So... I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Keep going. Okay. So, uh, once again, uh, this is NC and a place to be. Chill. Try to stay in the and not Deion says a prime time. It's been real, y'all. It's been it, it's been real. Too bad, you know. Right, right now she's sleep dreaming about Christian. So, but but uh, once again, <laughs> and don't worry, I can say all oh, I want to because she's sleeping. She won't hear this. So, uh. Once again, guys, like, subscribe, and share if you're listening on YouTube. And then Qflow, wherever you're at, man, with that great, with that great music, them great bars you drop, take us out. to your ears welcome to the show we don't need any gimmicks you already know so sit back relax and hit the like button go and share with your friends and keep the likes coming swag on trivia and prompts top five either way it's fun and you're hearing it live join with your host mr a and e yeah you know it's the place to be a sense and a cold brew for yourself. Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Whenever, wherever. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Delivery times not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com/boost.